He's a fascinating dude. Yes. Okay, I'm. I just press record in the middle of you guys talking about Lindy Man. All right, one of the best <laughs> Twitter so, accounts, a proof of Twitter you think as so? a, a ultimately Lindy medium He's is so Lindy Man himself. Shit, I don't know if I agree. You don't think so? Have you like read Taleb? I haven't met Taleb himself. Have you read his books? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's weird because Taleb like also. I think he like vibes with. Yeah, well, Lindy, Lindy Man started as a Taleb reply guy and then outgrew that. Right. Hmm. I didn't know that. For example, I, I th- Lindy Man. That- Lindy Man just a few days ago tweeted, "You don't see globes anymore." And then I had a sudden invite when I was in Norway a few days ago to meet up with the number one energy guy of Norway. Uh, he runs a seven hundred man energy consultancy with his name on it, and I go into this guy's office. And it's just globes. I was like, there's a guy who can advise prime ministers of Norway. And I admired Because he's globes. got globes? Yeah. Well, you don't see globes anymore, right? Globes are cool. That's like an old school symbol of wealth. Yeah. When you like walk into someone's and like office and there's globe. just a big fucking And it's not even those the kind with the globes that you, you open up that have whiskey in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not even that. Because that's yeah. the only globes that's you see thing. nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like sort of this uh, uh, LARPy sort of thing, you know. I'm I'm a guy with a globe that opens up and there's whiskey inside. Yeah, know? but glo- that's how you used to figure things out. Globes, you know? <laughs> you chart it you out. Know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you chart your I course. think there's still a tool that's good for thinking with. Wait, but I want to go back to the, the Lindy Man thing. I do think the, like, I would say the popular narrative is that he kind of bullshits Talebism, like Taleb acolytes are like anti-Lindy man, but like Taleb isn't really in on it. And he even, he went on Red Scare. Did you, I listened to it and I was like, I listened to it with Alex actually calling. To his <laughs> we were like, this is crazy. This I, is I haven't listened to a podcast yet, but when I do, you haven't I'll listened sure to any podcast. You just go on them. That's a sign. That's a sign of wealth as well. <laughs> it's like you got your globe and you're just like yeah i just go on pause i don't listen to pause you've never listened to a podcast are you being or, serious? i've been or forced rarely. i've been forced to listen to spots but yeah i had like front to back you like don't when would i listen to them <laughs> when Dude, do you people try- listen to them man's you, busy you just said you're on a plane like twice a week but i gotta watch movies chain watch them like you guys rip darts <laughs> I don't. That's I don't. A, that's I don't, a serious accusation. I don't tend to watch I movies or TV. Refuse. I, I don't have a TV, but I'm not gonna like be one of those assholes. Like oh, I don't have a TV. What's your that's name, by I'm the way? Better. What's going? On? I mean, what are we doing? Start the pod. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two, two things. To, good... Two things to cover in our start. One, we're here with Mark Nelson. Yes. We're gonna describe who Mark is. You're gonna learn a lot about Mark. Two, we are here without Colleen. I know we miss Colleen. This is our first episode ever without Colleen. Don't worry. She'll be back soon. If Colleen were here, that craziness the last five minutes just wouldn't happen. (laughs) So the next few months are going to be interesting. They're probably going to be a little unhinged. Yeah, a little little different. So bear bear with us for the next few months. She's Uh, having a baby. Yes. Sometimes people or things that are gone or that you've never even seen, just the idea of them keep you in line it's like a policeman in your own that's right i am gonna i'm gonna be like doing these podcasts as if colleen is gonna listen to them (laughs) and i'm gonna like thinking of like the text she'll send me after she hears it 
since I haven't listened to podcasts, thing. therefore I haven't listened to yours. Meaning I have no clue who Colleen. I actually is. don't really. Not here. This. I hope this doesn't. Sound, I don't know. Really know who you are. <laughs> I just know you have like. I'm I, here. I love your vibes on Twitter. I don't well, know. Like that's very what, kind of you. I know. I see like Radiant Nuclear in your bio, like as another account, but I don't actually like. I don't know the whole. St- Can you tell us this whole this your story? Yes. This is like most. Actually, this is true of most guests we have on. <laughs> it's just people. I don't normally like. admit it. I'm just being. It's like 11 p.m. right now. We've we've had we all had events earlier tonight. We had some drinks. So this is gonna be a very honest uh, podcast. So I'm I'm coming clean that like most guests that we have on, I'm like, what do you like? What's what do you do? I don't really know. <laughs> I'm a listener right now. Got it. Well, that's very honest. That's very vulnerable. But I love your I love your vibe. Since you don't know who that's I am, I, I can I be whoever I want. Usually. Yeah, that's well, Duncan knows. Ah. <laughs> okay. Well, here's who I am. I'm from Oklahoma. That's oil country before it was wind country. Nice. And uh, I had a father in oil and gas, mother in nuclear medicine. Zero interest in either of those things. I thought I was too good for nuclear Oklahoma. Medicine? Couldn't wait to get out. Yeah. Like MRIs and stuff, right? Well, like using radioactive particles to see not just a snapshot of what your body looks like, but also say over time how your heart's functioning through beats, how your stomach is emptying through through a cycle of eating. Or how about this? How fast cells in your body are taking up energy. Is this like a real it. thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not just real, it's uh millions and millions of procedures around the world each year this is why like ge for example has a big uh big uh medicine component yeah it's the part of ge that makes money which is to distinguish (laughs) it from the other parts of ge yeah (laughs) yeah about twice a week my dad calls me and complains about how his like stockbroker keeps having him buy ge and I'm like, you got to get out of there. Which GE? Like, yeah, I think. Oh, well, yeah. Now now there's many GEs. My, my dear mother just dragged me out in Chicago because I was local to it, to the National Nuclear Medicine like trade show. And yeah. I go ask the GE nuclear medicine people, how does it feel to have GE broken up? And they said, it feels amazing. We're no longer dragged down by the energy people. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nuclear medicine is, I mean, it's, it's the future. So again, it's using radioactive particles is this to like, view and treat the human body. Is this when they do like dyes and stuff like that? Yes. So yeah, yeah, radioactive drink, dyes. So for example, you use you. a. I was picturing like a holistic medicine thing. I was like, this sounds pretty crazy. Well, <laughs> let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Like, has your mom been like zapping you and your? That would explain a lot. Okay, look. <laughs> you use a particle accelerator. To make uh, radioactive oxygen, say oxygen 18 rather than your normal oxygen 16. Then you take that oxygen and you attach it to sugar, you know, carbohydrate, sugar molecule, right? So it's got oxygen in it, but some of the oxygen is now your spicy oxygen. Then you put that sugar in something for a patient to eat, and then your body has cells that need the, the you know, they yeah. take up sugar, right? Yeah. But... The cells that are super, 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 super hungry for an immense amount of this. Oh, yeah. They shine real bright. And those tend to be cancer cells. So the cancer cells, you're tricking them into eating this thing that's that's lighting them up and detecting exactly where they are. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. 
Yeah, and then you, and then so they you shine then brightly you do imaging on, the on them, and yeah, right. and now you can yeah. Okay, so. Um, but it's also treatment using the radiation to selectively destroy right. cancer sure. cells. Right. Okay, so Oklahoma, oil and gas, nuclear medicine. No interest in any of those. Went off to boarding school in New England just because I found it on Wikipedia. Thought I wasn't going to come back, but didn't get into college anywhere but uh, family, family university, Oklahoma State. So I go to Oklahoma State University and study uh Everything that's, that I can. How stick did my you hand end up in. at Exeter for a year? So this is probably a different conversation. I just found it on Wikipedia. I was so very funny. bored in Oklahoma. Very, very bored. That's so. And it, at the time, they had a very strong. Well, I mean, they still do have a very strong running team, and it was starting to get some notice. Oh, okay, nice. I was a yeah. I was a pretty keen runner back in my home high school, and yeah, none of my buddies, as lovely as they were, would train in the summer. So we'd come back, and I'd be the fastest one by like five minutes or something in, yeah in a, in a not very long race and i was tired of it so i decided to go where everyone i thought would just be pushing hard at everything all the time i just wanted more so i got it i just found it on i accidentally stumbled across its wikipedia page applied and then told my parents that one way or another i was going to force them to send me yeah and because oh, I was pretty obnoxious at that this age is a whole other conversation was it was amazing I, the day i arrived i forgot about home it was like I, it was like Oklahoma never existed. But then hmm. went back to OSU. Well, it's a little bit hard to adjust and then get into elite colleges and like, yeah, eight it's a very weeks. different world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would. I just wasn't was very it your polished. Se- was it your senior yeah. year? Yeah, I wasn't uh, very polished. Other people had had very long years of, of training, and I don't know. Yeah, called elite whole, environments. I was a little rough. No, it's edges. a whole. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. but it left me hungry for immense learning just nice. huge appetite for everything under the sun okay so did you do like nuclear stuff at osu like, absolutely when, not when i did didn't you get into nuclear all my life nuclear was rapping at the door tapping at the window and i di- i couldn't hear it i didn't see it as a child uh, my family took a trip to new mexico to ski a bit and we went to los alamos you know we saw the famous science museum there dude didn't, i just saw didn't cause me to go into nuclear sick in imax 70 millimeter I swear I was like almost crying like the first 30 minutes just because it was like stunning, right? I studied physics in college and it like brought me back to like the kind of like the dreamer, the dreamer. Yeah. It's not like 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 hard boiled, (laughs) you know, street wise, dark ripping David energy uh, (laughs) CEO, but like the actual dreamer, dreamer, the the universe is out there. That's right. James. That's right. It was actually like captured that very well because the reason I bring it up is I, so I did physics and math. I want to hear your nuclear story because I've, I've said this a few times on the pod, but I was, I applied as a nuclear master's PhD student to UT in like 2014. And I was like, I'm guessing that's Texas, not Tulsa. Yeah. Texas. And I was like, nuclear is like cold like it's dead like why would i i'm just like what is there's like, there's nothing happening yeah so i switched into mechanical like right before i i think it was even like it may have been i got in and then i switched or maybe not i don't know it was like or right before i applied i like switched it like the last day i was like i'm not doing nuclear i'm doing mechanical and then got pulled into like 
the solar wind der's batteries because texas was like going that was like right as their like solar and wind boom was kicking off in 2015 makes me think of that old chestnut why is oklahoma so windy right because uh texas sucks and kansas blows you know that one? It's a good joke. I, I haven't heard that We may one. enjoy some other jokes I, on this podcast. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. I've not heard that one. That's a renewables joke. No, I get it. Okay. All right. So, so, uh, <laughs> wait, so tell, so that's my nuclear story. I want to hear, like, when did you. So it wasn't visiting Los Alamos as a child. It wasn't visiting um, the uh, uh, Hiroshima Peace Memorial. It wasn't visiting the Kiev. I was even in Ukraine. So you like went, Kiev your family was Chernobyl like, your mom was like into nuclear. And, and like always trying to tell me about nuclear medicine. I couldn't hear it. It was the most boring thing. Didn't even yeah. want to go visit her hospital or see anything. And it wasn't even having an internship at Los Alamos National Labs. All of these what? things. It wasn't those things. It, it was just the first 60 seconds of a YouTube video. Uh, there's just a you know mean By tech like molten thorium advanced salt reactor or whatever, and I see 60 seconds of it and it just clicks. I'm like, that's it. That was in my last year. When was this? Last year of undergrad. So so this is uh, uh, a third winter 2011 2012. I feel like there was a big at that time because I remember being exposed to thorium stuff at that time. Like I was in sort of mid early college as a mechanical engineer. Yeah. It was very like Reddit world was like yes. thorium. Thorium's yes. happening. What about thorium? What I feel like that was when I was like reading the you know the book Energy for Future Presidents. I know it. I've never read and it. And shit yeah. like that. And yeah. it was like I feel like at that time like was the early like front end of like nuclear is like the answer kind of you yeah, know? yeah like yeah, if yeah. you were like deep in energy like climate stuff you mm-hmm. know yeah but if nuclear is the answer from that perspective why wasn't it the answer why didn't we see it thorium and the other advanced reactor things it offered a very easy solution that seemed not to offend anyone it's like oh here's just the better tech yeah it's just Waste oh we did the wrong yeah. it's the technology yeah. they didn't want you to hear about uh, we didn't <laughs> pursue it because we were doing military or whatever there's so what many is, what's the story with thorium what is the what was the i don't know you make it work by converting it with uranium or plutonium so it's just like so it's like still just like a big light water reactor well you could use it for other types of reactors but that's, mean, that that time, all gets confused yeah. at the point that you have say thorium or something it acts as a sort of MacGuffin that says um you have this other thing that makes all your problems go away. Yeah, yeah. yeah I happen yeah, to yeah. think that there are some excellent immediate-term deployment options for thorium, but they're a little bit specific. In fact, I had this very strange experience where in the uh, auspicious confines of the Nuclear Weapons Museum in Albuquerque last fall, I gave a speech at the Thorium Energy Conference, and my speech was How sort many of, people were there? Oh, about four dozen. Okay. But it was like part of a hardcore group that helped in, introduce nuclear to the Reddit crew, to these yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube videos. Like the, the guy who made the video that I saw on YouTube that converted my whole life story to nuclear, he was there yeah, doing yeah, video yeah. for this little volunteer group. Oh, yeah. And the, the point of my talk was to first tell of an excellent immediate use of thorium. So thorium plus enriched uranium in heavy water reactors like the Canadians use. 
just a one-to-one -one substitute. You put in the new fuel, makes five times more energy per fuel bundle than the old fuel. And then um, also reduces waste by a factor of five. All of those things could lead to, say, a five, six, seven, eight percent decrease in operating costs, which is enough to make an outstanding business with. And some of the people in the audience were angry because they're like, 5% savings, 6% savings? That's not a revolution. I wanted a whole revolution. They wanted a, a almost a religious yeah, yeah, yeah. change yeah. in the in the history of the world yeah. from the use of a slightly different element, right? And when I was saying, yeah, we could use thorium to make a good business today, that wasn't good enough. They didn't like that. But the point I tried to make, what, what the revolution people were looking for with thorium, it actually the revolution was people. It was people who cared enough to fight for an energy source that they didn't have any financial connection to. And that spread to the next level, which was finally people with a financial connection to nuclear actually having the balls to advocate for it. We're still working on that one. It's still a very difficult yeah. area, but people with no financial interest in nuclear advocating for it, that was a pathway to the normal thing, which is people with an interest in it actually speaking up for what they think is good. Hmm. It's been a very slow, like that second I want to talk a lot about like the nuclear movement itself. I also want to just like to give people context, like how you fit in today, like what does Radiant do and what's your like... Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thrust. Okay. Let's, so let's, you know, let's in our story, out the background. Give the like yeah, that yeah, yeah. high level, and then and yeah. then I the Reddit 2013 nuclear. Like I want to hear all that stuff. But so I'll say that my whole life, in a way, was funded by oil. Not just energetically, like all of us, powered by oil. But you know, my with my dad and oil and gas. My grandfather was an electrical engineer for Philips Petroleum, and he helped put in the Ecofisk fields that Philips found for Norway. Like. The, my my family story really is kind of oil and gas descended. And then the scholarship money I had at Oklahoma State, that was partly from the oil and yeah, gas revenue Oklahoma, from Oklahoma. Man. And then yeah. my entire scholarship to Cambridge University was paid for by an outgoing Phillips Petroleum uh, CEO and chairman of the board. Yeah. So Wayne Allen is a graduate of Oklahoma State, and he thought that he had an incredible experience living and working around the world. And that he thought that there was potential even in, you know, Oklahomans or people who weren't at Ivy's, but just, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. went to a yeah. state school engineering program. So he set up a scholarship to send two engineers from Oklahoma State per year to Cambridge University. What you had to do was get in and get into yeah. a master's program. It was something, anything to do with engineering or science. And then they'd pay for it. What did you study? Well... I had to apply at the same time that I found that video. And that happened to be right after they'd established a nuclear engineering master's program. Oh, so that's <laughs> when you got in. There you go. There it okay. goes. Cool. So now it fits together. Yeah. 60 seconds into that video, I realized I'm going to do nuclear for the rest of my life. I check, and sure enough, there's a master's program with my name on it right there, waiting for me to apply, get in, and yeah, yeah, take yeah. my scholarship to Cambridge Big shouts to Thorium YouTube videos. <laughs> um, Actually, though. Wait, so, but s skipping some context today, like, ha like, yeah, give us so a story. I, I, I got my master's, started a PhD, um, interest drifted from the nuclear part to the electricity 
the electricity grids and markets part. Yeah. Um, and so I, I left the PhD straight into the post Fukushima Daiichi mega slump. Yeah. We're talking yeah, about when 2015, was, when was 2016. Fukushima? That was March 2011. Oh, shit. I, I, I remember it very fuck, clearly man. in part because. That was 12 years ago? Yeah. The meltdown started when I was on a plane to, to West Africa, Sierra Leone. And I studied many things at Oklahoma State. One was like agriculture. Yeah. And I was with a hardcore agricultural economics professor who had an idea of setting up a, a research and improvement station for crops in Sierra Leone. And so I went with him on that, and we arrived. We're at this compound outside of Freetown, one of the poorest countries in the world. Um, and this man comes in from a neighboring village with a big old ghetto blaster, you know, a big old boom box on his shoulder, and he sets it down, and it's got a radio. And it's talking, <laughs> talking, about, about, Fukushima? talking about a meltdown and a mm. catastrophe in Japan. Damn. Nobody's cell phone had data or anything then. Okay, so post, like you're in the slump now. Like, well, what? let me tell you what that slump was like. Natural gas was flooding into the markets. Yeah, and this profit, was during the, na- this is like the fracking gas, right? revolution. Yeah. Well, sure, and the, and the gas was coming in so hot, but people couldn't stop investing because they had to pay down costs of previous wells. I mean, it, of the of the sorry of the next wells drilling, it was insane. So natural gas is flooding the electricity markets with natural gas generation. Sure. Yeah. Wind and solar are are experienced their you know rapid decline in costs yeah nobody would pay for nuclear electricity as clean energy nobody right nobody they'd rather watch nuclear plants collapse and die um people were dumping nuclear plant power purchase agreements buying them out getting out of it yeah um there was no real help or support from the feds this is about when i was like yeah i'm not gonna get into nuclear yeah we were losing (laughs) and not just that some of the nuclear plants that were actually profitable were being killed off by yeah. dirty and quasi-legal or illegal political means. Yeah. So that was all happening as I arrived back in America from England, having dropped and, out of my PhD. And you were like, aha, I'm going to save nuclear? No. I was like, all right, time to get a nuclear job with my nuclear engineering degree. And then I couldn't find one. I was in Cleveland, and That's right. there were two nuclear plants nearby, and I couldn't get a email back. And it turns out the utility was busy going bankrupt with those plants. Wow. Plus some other stuff. But anyway. Dude, so this, I, is a dar- this, is a, this is like a dark yeah, nuclear I don't. Tale. I don't know why I wasn't more upset. I, I, you know, I'd had, a, I'd had what I thought was a job offer to work in the UK nuclear sector. The, the UK nuclear plants are owned by the government of France. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the neoliberalism that you love. You sell <laughs> off your stuff. So which company buys it? A nationalized company from another country yeah it's good stuff i give the brits a lot of a lot of shit for I the think. record not a big neolib over here but you know one of the best lines i've seen in any article ever is an article about uh there's a british guy saying how we happen to sell off the grid yeah and he quoted the head of a, a, a union in the uk that said that from the dawn of privatization like under that you could, of you energy. could argue neoliberalism is like a big selling off of assets in like a, a broad sense to state-owned companies of other countries yeah to like china and you know well shit like that i think we could probably go down too many rabbit holes we haven't even gotten to nuclear and and microgrids but let me just say that this union had quoted in this article from london review of books yeah back in 2011 or 12 
said that from the dawn of privatization, our goal was to return nuclear plants to state ownership. And I'd like to think that I've succeeded in that goal. Obviously the wrong state, but you can't get too picky. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So what are you doing now? Right. So in the meantime of not getting a job in nuclear plants, I did a little work with electricity grid data and carbon and just found that if you showed people what the hourly carbon output was from the German grid versus the hourly carbon output from the French grid, it's utterly shocking and absolutely damning. Yeah, of course the French are less. Yeah, but I, how much, you know? It's one thing to say less. I mean, it's another probably thing like, to put it on a graph. It's probably like 80% less. Yeah. No, more. I, I mean, like overall, like load weighted over the course of the year. More. Yeah. How do you be less? More than, than, more than that. Like, I mean, they have like a, there's only 20% left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's about order of magnitude. I mean, that, that makes about sense. About 90% less. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. on the year. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. If, I mean, and depending on how you how you do life yeah, cycle all emissions for biomass stuff. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like factor of 10. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So Way like, cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. But to have that on a graph with the axes set at zero the proper way. Yeah. Is yeah. No, absolutely no truncation. Yeah. 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 So that was my big innovation. I did hourly carbon numbers, put them on a graph, and it got released, leaked onto Twitter by other people. And that kind of like made my reputation enough that I got a job out on this brand new environmental movement out in California that believed in prosperity without carbon emissions. Like that was the whole point. And uh, what was that? What? What was that? Well, Breakthrough Institute first and then environmental oh. progress. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Both uh, Berkeley, both East Bay think tanks or sure, yeah. activist groups. And uh, yeah, <laughs> there's someone we need to talk about later. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, the yeah. big thing here yeah. is, for the first time, you had environmental groups pro-nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, that's like an underrated thing in the movement. It's like, I feel like when I, like, yeah, because it was post-Fukushima. I feel like our generation should be more anti-nuclear than it is, given we grew up in like a very anti-nuclear can like basically you, like nuclear was like was like to be afraid of but i feel like most millennials and gen z are like yeah like nuclear's fine yes. you know what i mean yeah but absolutely that's because, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. but i feel that's not the environment i grew up in at all so it's like almost surprising that like collectively everyone was like why does everyone not like this even though we did see like fukushima happen maybe because it happened and we we're like that wasn't that bad that <laughs> you know like for a lot you know, of people you, you know who were I mean? scared of like nuclear, that was it <laughs> that was it yeah, I think that's true. Actually it. Yeah, I I think there's also like distrust of nuclear is so tied to like '70s environmentalism, and that is so tied to like general sort of like political disarray right now. And I don't mean '70s environment, but just sort of like '70s thinking <laughs> is so distrusted now by millennials and and Gen Z that I don't know. You see you see a bunch of like boomers freaking out about nuclear, and you like instantly want to believe the opposite of it yeah um i, th I think our yeah. our generation also has that reflex that no that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 like yeah, right 
you were just like, that's probably wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, to, yeah. to cut a long story short from our research, it's the bomb, the bomb, the bomb, the bomb, the generation oh. who endured going from sure. No yeah. bomb to lots of bombs or even better. The generation that did not Dude, well, my, fight world war two, but no, saw the development my, of the, my of parents in the fifties, international nuclear did the, like they got fleets. under the fucking desks. Like my parents like remember that. You There's know what I mean? only like, so much fear. Bomb There's only so much like fear them. that you yeah. can have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A friend yeah. of mine in, in Cambridge in nuclear engineering said it this way. There's a conservation of fear. There's only so <laughs> much fear you can have before you run yeah. out of room for it. Interesting. And if it's all nuclear, it's hard to care about carbon that much. Yeah. And if it's all carbon, it's a little bit hard to care about yeah. nuclear fears that much. I feel like, so kind of getting more into the the meat of it like kind of even what you were talking about before i do feel like the nuclear movement has like taken ground in an interesting way where for one they've got the internet the internet is not a safe space to be openly anti-nuclear there's a few very brave holdouts either principled or well-funded that hold out against a tidal wave of pro-nuclear sentiment online and i i'm impressed by them because it reminds me of what it was like only a few years ago. So Wait, I it, will say, which reminds me so much of wind and solar, actually. Like if you look at like sort of internet discourse 10 years ago, it was, um, it was sort of like plucky and aggressive to be like, no, wind and solar is actually going to work pretty yes, well. And like is, all you idiots like don't see it yet. And I see the same exact thing Dude, happening exa- with nuclear exa- now. Like I, they're very similar groups, yeah. actually. No, that's exactly just, what I was going to say. Like so, certainly, there's this sort of like really annoying, dumb, like 100% renewables, like duh, like all, all that stuff. Yeah. But like there was this other group of people who were like, "You guys don't understand cost curves. This is happening, you idiots." Yeah. Right. Um, and that's kind of what I see in nuclear right now, which is people saying like all those other sort of like tail later things that we weren't expecting are happening now, you idiots, right? right. <laughs> and like sort of but you establishment thinkers just are so fucking far behind. I do think, I like, do think as like part of my initial reaction to like, cause shit, I mean, we've been on energy Twitter now for like seven, eight years. Like it's actually like a long enough period of time that things have like actually evolve. evolved in a yeah. way. And you could like, build a, you could build most of a nuclear plant in that time. <laughs> <laughs> most like maybe you could get like yeah. a few what which country yeah <laughs> well yeah. vogel yeah. vogel does predate energy twitter <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah most yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. um no but so like i as the like you know 2014 me like getting out of nuclear like only a few years later i was like watching the discourse on energy twitter or whatever and an initial re- like the reaction I always had was like, I'm kind of very much like action bent. Like I want, I want to see things like happening. So I was like in a lab and I was like, the lab's not for me. It's fucking too long. Like let's get out there and do something. And so my reaction to nuclear was always like, nothing's happening here. And even if you look at like the early edge of like isodope kind of rhetoric, it's like the most that, a lot of people on nuclear Twitter were aspiring to is like, keep them Save open. The plants. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like yeah. not even fucking hey, build wait, wait, one. Wait, just wait, like, wait. don't Can I tell you, shut it down. Let me, let me just say that keep them open. Don't shut them down 
was itself a radical proposition. Uh, no, exactly. Even among hundred percent. What that's not a knock. Pro nuclear. That's not a knock at all. And I'm like supportive of like that's cool. And that, in fact, like, I, I young people are doing that. Environmental progress formed in part because of a need to stop nuclear plants from closing, yeah. which was not something that was felt that was happening with hundred percent academic deep roots. They've you been research-focused approach. Sure. They've been successful too, and it was like a very, very hard and lonely. As we just time talked about, uh, you know, a nuclear plant. It's like it's like felling like a sequoia. Yeah, it's like <laughs> chopping like, down yeah. a sequoia because it's like this isn't the future of trees. <laughs> yeah. It's like regardless of this whether is. it's future of the trees, and who knows with climate change, you don't cut down yeah 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 a, a yeah. giant sequoia because right. you said it's already right. lived for a long time let it live its full okay, life so but, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, the point sure. is though is that i like that even nuclear is the giant sequoia of <laughs> energy facilities that's beautiful that's from this this podcast everybody that was just over, over when you hear it when you hear it in the future came from james mcginnis that was just over burgers you know came from a couple just that's, you that's know ders folks there mm. remember that yeah. Remember a that. couple derps. Wait, but so here's the point. Um, but now, and then there was even like, it was like a year and a half ago, and like Andreessen's tweeting like, "I'm gonna build a thousand nuclear plants," <laughs> and I was like, "This shit's so dumb." But like, I look today, and I'm like, "There's like mad startups. There's like actual like SMR tech being built. There's like people trying to build like nuclear reactors in like containers. Yeah. There's like fusion startups, and I'm like." credit like there's like money and talent and like real like people trying there's to do something real happening things. it's yeah, not yeah, just, it, yeah, it's yeah. like very rapidly shifted from the like just keep things open to like we're gonna try like really yeah. big ambitious ideas from, from like the nuclear doom loop to like hey maybe there's a future here to the point yeah. where i'm like if it was literally like six years like if it were right now when i was applying to my phd i might be like that's what i want to do yeah you know what i mean yeah. that's fascinating i well, First of all, it's really gratifying to hear that. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you think about, let's say, the microgrid crossed with nuclear stuff that I've Oh, well, here's another term we're going to throw out here. Utility-scale DERS. Sure. Utility-scale DERS. So I'm trying to think of ways to shrink the nuclear story down to fit what I see as your level. And you're like, no, the the DERS can get so big that they're utility scale. Correct. 100%. So we're hopefully not going to cross each other in the night. We could do that. We could do both. All right. That's the beauty here. Yeah. No, I definitely want to talk about, I don't want to just talk about nuclear microgrids, like tiny grids. I want to understand the nuclear vision for the grid. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, so yeah, right. So like, are you, so I just gave like my experience from like a nuclear's cold. I'm out of this to like, Oh, well, like people are trying, like there's something happening here in like a pretty short amount of time. So you've like been closer and watched this like trajectory for longer. Like, do you feel optimistic right now? Like, do you absolutely think something's changed? Like, are we in the, as Duncan points out the, like, 2011 wind and solar where my like founder was flying to japan like solar's getting so cheap i'm gonna build a ton here like he was like built like big crazy projects on like the very front edge of like solar mm-hmm. getting cheap like is, are we there now in nuclear like do you feel that way like 10 years from now we're gonna be looking back but, like those guys were ahead of their time the most contra- controversial part of uh jigger shaw's recent episode on the couple podcast with uh emergency room doc chris keeper pods man 
people told me what was on it. <laughs> Chris Kiefer is going to kill me about this. Everybody should go listen to Decouple Podcast with Dr. Chris Kiefer. Anyway, um, Jigger Shaw was on, and the most controversial part of it, I am told, is from uh, uh, Shaw's claim that nuclear plants shouldn't be seen as any more complicated than solar plants. And I think the sentiment was to develop a global scale solar industry shouldn't be harder than having like the full supply chain and modular reactors or something like that. But there was a lot of pushback. And the truth is from the nuclear community. Yes. I mean, they're saying part of it was like, no, we are actually very hard. We are special. We need more support or help or whatever. And I think in the end, if we're steel manning the case against nuclear, it's that nuclear plants are fundamentally complicated energy technology. Yeah, they just are. You're doing something I think is extraordinary. You're taking a metal from the earth and you're breaking it apart to release extraordinary amounts of power. But that comes with responsibilities to contain, protect, and uh, prevent unintended reactions and unintended, uh, uh, you know, mechanical failures from too much heat or not enough cooling yeah. or whatever. And that well, is kind of tricky. It's a lot of substances, a lot of temperatures, heats pressures like it, it is let, let me let me reframe. it's not intractable though oh absolutely yeah. wait, not wait, wait, no wait. i mean let's let's mention that intractable there are many countries out there that have spent years or decades above 50 percent nuclear on their grid yeah i mean that happening once that is still around, a like... goal for wind and solar folks and look an enormous amount of wind and solar growth has come in new markets or emerging energy economies not in super mature economies that are growing their energy demands. Yeah. That is, wind and solar has been, you might say, colonizing existing energy structures rather than adding an immense amount like nuclear did at the time of its great growth in the 70s, 80s, and 90s in East Asia. So that's not, I'm not trying to say nuclear is amazing because we haven't succeeded lately. No, I'm saying that nuclear has demonstrated an ability they have demonstrated a performance level yeah, that's that still true. has not been achieved by wind and solar. And when you I hear about some of these, when you hear about some of these microgrid stories, when you hear about some of these dirt stories that nuclear's already had that nobody knows about, and some of the ones that people I know, have, we're gonna get blow your mind. Wait, I'm I, very I, keen I on. Wanna, I want to hear what Duncan I want to go back to the yeah. So Jigger said as simple as solar, and let's maybe move away from that because right, solar's like glass and power electronics. There's no moving parts. But could nuclear get as straightforward as a combined cycle gas turbine, right? That's, think, think, that's, wait, wait, the, wait, that's wait. the trillion dollar Let, question, Let's just set, set the stage here. Like combined cycle gas turbines are very advanced tech, right? The ability to build those turbines, the combustion, tur- like all this stuff is wild, right? Hyper mm. sort of tech forward manufacturing, but they've managed to package this into a very productized thing, right? You can, there's a part number for everything. Right? I would say though, you can like, order it not off just the that, shelf. but immense, immense crossover between jet engines. Yes. And Interestingly yes, enough, though, like, which, which is beneficial for like okay, technology. For I think you could probably build like a turbine in your garage, but not a nuclear plant or a solar panel. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> like you could, you, like yeah, like how efficient they've gone. And I remember, like I was in thermal fluid systems. They like the like the angle of the blade, and like they have all these little holes on them, and how far apart they're yeah, yeah, like yeah. how we've gotten to the efficiencies that we've gotten to. But like, 
to just like blow up gas and like make it turn a thing is like <laughs> sure it's like sure. not it's like actually probably easier up, than guys. solar it, it, no but, but i'll just say like the combined... but solar solar uh, photovoltaic cells predate either and i mean i was at cambridge which what? is very proud do they really i mean they're yeah. very old very very old very well young. maybe not combined yeah. so i'm just thinking of i mean gas photoelectric yeah. like i mean Einstein got the Nobel for describing or for explaining the photoelectric effect, which was motivated by photoelectric cells already existing. Yeah. Among other things. Uh, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, cool. it's old in that sense. I mean, commercially for power production, people like sort of toll out this thing or it's like, it's old and it's never gone anywhere. I don't know about that. It's, that's, that's, that's not what I meant. Yeah. But oh, look, like, I was at Cambridge engineering where they have, multiple uh you know spread around the colleges and the labs gas turbines which you know the frank whittle lab at cambridge is named after frank whittle who made sure. the first viable um you know brayton cycle gas turbines mm -hmm. and it took a long time to get it right it was tricky and a bunch of people didn't believe in it there were just hard-headed people who drove through this idea of the turbine that you know burns gas turns itself and still puts out yeah, so much concentrated power that it's uh, it can fly a plane. Well, but so so this yeah. is this is my question. Like, there's so much in 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 sort of energy discourse. There's so much like nuclear versus wind and solar, and I think of them as like almost entirely different products. Hundred percent that aren't really all that worth comparing. Like, and I don't know, wind and solar is basically just net load, right? Like, it's it's just competing with like efficiency, right? <laughs> Um, in my, it's a fuel saver. It's all it really is. Um, the there thing would have been a that, time very recently that you were bold for saying that, or you were an outsider. Oh, I've always said that. Well, this is why I've never, never been all that popular in 100% renewable land. Yeah. But <laughs> like, the real thing for nuclear to compete with is the combined cycle natural gas turbine. Like, like forget all the discourse and the fights and stuff. Like that's what has to happen for nuclear to be 70% of power in the U.S. If if that's a vision for it. And the path to that, like, let's for the moment forget climate change, right? We'll, we'll get back to that. But just like basic kind of like bottom line energy economics, the path for that's fucking hard, right? No, it isn't. All you got to do is find the natural gas pipelines that are making combined cycle competitive. And then you got to get a little boat out and then blow them <laughs> up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Look, just, some just, some just some like we did in Eastern Europe, right? Yeah. went ahead and made nuclear hyper competitive in Europe for yeah, the sure. foreseeable future. Yeah, no, for sure. But so you want you want to compete with combined cycle? Maybe just a matter of natural gas market segmentation. <laughs> Wait, so but I the, think Duncan's point though is outside of like market, like just like my point is just cheap fuel yes. and technology killed nuclear yes. as much as shitty environmentalists and like moneyed interests did. They're both factors, right? And I'm all here for the like, let's push back on the environmentalists who closed Indian Point. Let's like make sure Andrew, Andrew Cuomo never touches energy policy again. Like I'm so here for all of that, but I also wanna hear like how we're gonna be better than the 60%, you know, LHV efficient CCGT. Like totally. what is the path to that? Because that's ultimately what matters. Like everything else, like let matters me, let too. Me just but like put it that's way. it. If like, there were no constraints on gas drilling, fracking, pipeline development, etc., maybe it would be very hard to get back to a nuclear that could compete. 
but already in some regions, nuclear is extremely competitive to natural gas, like in China. Like new nuclear. Oh, I, yeah, I buy that. I buy well, that. So yeah. I that's, also, a, that's large I think Duncan nuclear. is also talking about like one in the U.S. where we have like insane amounts of natural gas. Not like, everywhere, not equally. And but to I, the extent that some places want insulation against future natural ga- gas hostage taking, shall we say, yeah. nuclear will remain on the table, especially when we finish the Vogel 3 and 4 reactor. And I, I think that's legit because gas is a global market now, too. It's not just this thing where you, you get all this extra associated gas when you drill for oil and it can't go anywhere other than in the U.S. But right. So like don't it's get that cuts both ways. A global no. market is one in which Pakistan thinks, oh, it's global market. We can get our fuel. And then the global market. No, somebody that's what else I'm up Pakistan's fuel and they have blackouts instead. No, no. no. What, what think- I'm saying is U.S. gas prices are no longer this like super cheap thing forever right because yeah. we're going to export a lot of it and, right and gas although prices of course if you're up, a natural yeah. gas liquefier exporter you're interested in the widest possible delta so you want giant generation and with cheap gas in america and selling it expensive costs overseas that was a point brought home to me when i i was the only nuclear guy presenting at a big oil and gas oriented energy conference in dallas this year and i was thinking i really i, I was talking to a lng executive and i said I want to thank you guys for using up that gas and getting it away from my precious reactors because it's been, you know, your sure. cheap yeah, gas yeah. here, stuck here, has been killing off our reactors. And he said, don't be so quick to think we're your friends. LNG producers want the biggest delta. They sure. don't want, like, yeah, expensive yeah. gas in America. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the friend of nuclear to have LNG productions taking gas away. I don't know. It's Wait, something so, I'm having so to let think me, about. So let me, let me sort of like steel man the, the K, like how I would respond to Duncan's point as like a nuclear person, which I haven't thought about, which is embedded in your response, which is like, you're almost saying in like, if you just take like the price of gas, some like idealized like a Lazard LCOE version of it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, we can dig it out at this cost. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. well, the reality is, is like this exists in a global market. So you can't depend on what that price is. It's going up and down all the time. Yeah. And if you're a country that doesn't have access to that, like asking the question of like, what is the cheaper resource is actually like a false, like it's like a, it's like a, it's not even how they're thinking about it necessarily. So if you say like, if I had a billion dollars and I could build nuclear or gas, I'm going to get more power for cheaper from the gas plant would be like kind of what one, you're saying, right? One like view on it. technologically and sort of, with like yeah. how we extract gas, et cetera, et cetera. But, and obviously um, assuming no uh, policy constraints on carbon emissions. Or right. And what you're saying is kind of like, well, that is kind of like a, just like this idealized world that for someone who doesn't actually have like secure access to that. Sure. Like, that's the wrong question or that's like the wrong way of framing the conversation. Right. Cause it's like, once I build nuclear, I'm insulated for like 90 years. Totally. You know? Yeah. 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 So it's like to ask so to, to, like, yes, today over the last decade, like gas is cheaper, but what about like the next hundred years for my James, country? I, how do you, you, how do you, you actually do? can't say like, at the small, gas is cheaper in that construct. At the small scale, that is what I sell. <laughs> yeah, so like I totally understand. How do you that. describe the yeah. political economy that makes sense of of century reactors? How do you even 
what do you discount rates? What do you start to get weird and exotic? I total, I totally parabolic buy that. or uh, I totally sure, buy that. adjustable yeah. discount rates or like, what do you do with an asset where as a first financial life and at the end of it, it's better than the, at the beginning yeah. reactors as they age, all the kinks get worked out. The staff becomes experts at that plant. The fuel makers become experts at that core. Yeah. Regulators become experts at that facility and that company. That I know. I, d- I do. I do actually and appreciate how better at age thirty five than they like, are at zero. It, it, it's almost like a philosophical and like ideological conversation at its core because it's like how should we like construct society? Like I mean, you know they, what I mean, like, yeah, I. It's like two percent inflation from the Fed, and nuclear people are like, "No, like you don't have to do it that way." Whatever, yeah, which yeah. I'm like, "Damn it!" You know, I get, no, I get, I, I, I well, get the okay, perspective. Just to tell you something, a lot of the confusion from say Lazard numbers on nuclear is that they're taking um, Vogel numbers, yeah, yeah, and they assume I mean, a seven percent cost of capital when the real weighted average cost of capital for that damn thing is about three point five percent. Yeah, and it causes all sorts of other things to be messed up and. Trying yeah. to understand nuclear. Yeah, I mean, we I should mean, just I don't, never look Lazard, at those numbers yeah, again. Fuck yeah, that shit. Just, I mean, it's not useful. <laughs> people look at them. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know those gentlemen. People. I don't talk to any of those people. I don't hang out with them. <laughs> In New York City, that's impressive. All right. Well, yeah. um, no, I mean, I I hear all of that, and I definitely get it. I think there's. I mean, from a sort of project finance perspective, if someone tells me like, no, the things are going to get better, it's just going to take like 20 years, <clears throat> I'm just going to sort of chuckle, right? Like, Well, I, just, I don't even think the thing's going to get better. I think it's just like your model, you don't know how to build an 80-year model. Like, it's not possible. Uh, yeah, it like, isn't Go possible, get like 80-year yeah. debt. Like, everything. Yeah. Like, so, so I think this is what we're getting to. This is the meat of the conversation, yes. right? Which is the, the large nuclear reactors sort of future is completely different than the power system we have right now. Right. And the way in, we're managing in it. It's, and yeah, it's exactly. And it's, and it's planning and financing and just like sort of general approach. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where like the rubber meets the road here actually. Cause like at the end of the day, like tech is all like, pretty quantitative and debatable like i just want whatever's best i don't give a fuck like right it's it's more about it seems to me in like today's nuclear discourse the the vision for how we do this is give us the reins right it is like put me in charge and i'll make it work yeah right and and i think that's where there's actually a lot of disagreement um beyond the technology and beyond like boomers being stupid about nuclear waste and like all all that other stuff, like we all just sort of hashed out and we don't care about, right? It is the high nuclear future outside of like containerized micro reactors and stuff like that, which, you know, don't get better over 30 years, (laughs) you know, like basically I think what I'm hearing from nuclear discourse world is basically like, I need to be in charge. Yeah, for someone story. with yeah, the authority look, and the money those, makes the decision. Those, you know? those, like, the nuclear discourse you see tends not to be the people who have executed nuclear plants or nuclear programs for countries. Here's what I hear from them. You ready for this? No, but do you think that's, do you understand Duncan's point first? Yes, but I'm just saying there's a difference between discourse and people who have delivered nuclear programs. 
Well, but that's what I'm referring to. Like there, delivering nuclear a, programs delivery, okay, implies so a level of like way. national central planning. Yes. If you look at any delivered nuclear program, it was like someone with the money and the authority was just like, we're just fucking building this. Yeah. France, South Korea, that's China. Not like, I mean, that, that, like, that's not like... Cause that's I, fine. I want, There's nothing so here's why it matters, that. though, is because a lot of people are like, okay, SMR is the answer to like building these things in a market construct. And in some way, like if I were in the nuclear movement, I'd be like, I, I may say, well, that's just seeding ground to like what the real problem is here is like the market construct itself and just yeah. being dogmatic about like, no, 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 like fuck your market construct, like get someone with the money and the authority. And so it's not a bad thing to say that it's true that nuclear Pakistan, like South Korea, whatever, every successful nuclear program has been centrally planned. Even in the U.S., all those all those shit was built in utility, vertically like integrated, vertically utility integrated rate utilities. Rate well, they're they're like tight with their regulators. Yeah. Uh, the electricity markets are very young, and they are not Lindy boys. They are not. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are much younger than the three of us. Okay, and we're not we're not exactly old. Yeah, the markets are young. Yeah, they have been distorted beyond their. No, no, no. Form. I'm not I'm, making I'm a down qual- for this. I'm argument. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I will admit that. I, I'm not even making a qualitative I mean, nuclear judgment. Nuclear market or nuclear electricity markets are suffering severe issues at around the half life of a long lived electricity plant because they can't really build them, but they can kill them. So yeah. all, all I'm trying to propose is not whether one of those things is better or worse. It's just that. Part of me believes the real debate here is about markets versus central planning and not about technology. Correct. Well, hey, like that's what drove me out of my PhD just by I I thought I wasn't getting to the meat of this thing until I was understanding electricity and electricity markets. Yeah. Then when I understood them, I've been angry every single minute of my waking (laughs) life since that day. Yeah. Because I was like, I can't believe we, we let somebody do this to a system that worked. That's yeah. what I felt when I no, I do I what we were talking about, uh, like having dinner before about we could not have built the grid that we have through a purely market construct is like a very tr- yeah I've, I think I've, that's I've, true I've thought and about this before yeah. but I think we may be able to destroy it with one <laughs> it's a bit of a uh, directional uh, dependency there I kind of fuck with that that's cool all right chaos master. Well, hey, I didn't say. I say even, all the. I, I'm like ERCOT's not a real market. Like Vol is like literally at the core of the ERCOT market. In 2011, there was a study by like the London Economic or whatever. I read it, and it's like they do this big analysis of like the value of lost load of residential customers, commercial customer, industrial customers. They acknowledge just like crazy wide range of like some people would pay a thousand it's worth a thousand dollars a megawatt hour some industrials up to forty thousand dollars a megawatt hour and then conclusion is like this is really con complicated the average is like nine thousand so let's just go with so that. let's just go with that as the cap in the market to incentivize <laughs> new development so it like used what people were potentially theoretically willing to pay or like actually in a study and then it like averaged it to nine thousand and then they said, this is how we're going to incentivize new generation because it's like what the average is willing to pay. And then post Yuri, they're like, mm, like Vistra and NRG don't like this anymore. 
let's like pull out the ordc curve to have like more hours in it and truncate it down to five thousand because like yeah. nine thousand is like too hard for a business model to handle yeah 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 and it's just like that's not a market that's like, just people aren't expo- people aren't like oh this this commodity cost is too high for me i'm not gonna buy that yeah like that's not how it works of course electricity <laughs> is not so like really I, a commodity I, so you can see why and it oh, that's a, that's, that, that, that seems kind of crazy. Commodities yeah. have permanence longer than a few milliseconds. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Electricity grids yeah. can use commodities well, as fuel. Yeah, I mean, no, they, this come is on, Matt Huber's argument. As yeah, well. but you're yeah. putting you're putting like okay, you're burning the gas and turning it into gas electricity. So like what the fuck is the, the electricity you make out of it is not a commodity. You're converting a commodity so into a the, service. So what's the implication of that? That an attempt to abstract it as like parallel or, you know, using a commodity market as a metaphor is just broken from the moment. You would have an immense uphill climb in an honest world to argue that electricity. You know what the funny thing is, is that I think solar and wind are kind of breaking that. No, because like the whole thing was built on like marginal. Ironically, the success of solar and wind will be the thing that reveals their limitations. Yeah, because they're like, okay, we have marginal costs. You couldn't cost, see their like, limitations kind of like properly commo- until like they were big. Commodity cost curve bid stacks. And then solar and wind are just like, no, I'm free. Or like like mar- like from a marginal cost perspective. Of course, coal and uranium, those are free too. You need merely dig them up. Well, I mean, come on. No, but this, this matters. <laughs> it's the conversion that's tricky. Yeah. And it's into a service that is truly a service with some commodity like measurements. So this is fascinating to me because so basically Duncan is saying you have to centrally plan nuclear and you are kind of acknowledging it by not having a, like an actual response. Like it's fine. I'm saying that you centrally plan it no more than you have to centrally plan electricity. Like any like markets. I'm just saying that electricity and nuclear are brilliantly paired together along with long-term storage. Those were the beautiful triple that helped countries do what we still haven't succeeded on yeah. the same level with wind and solar, which is to have 50, 60, no, 70%. But don't, don't, sure, don't, sure. don't reference it to markets or wind and solar. Just like if we were to do a nuclear today, we'd centrally plan it. Yes. Well, what, do you, what do you call us doing uh, and that's transmission not, planning? That's central yeah, planning. Sure. No, 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 yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying like, you see what happens? Like you're probably so used to like the Twitter rhetoric where it's always like some like neolib is saying like, but markets. And so, so it's just like, okay, look, just big nuclear just talk about is the so thing big itself. that it partakes of the dynamics of the grid itself, the transmission locations, the, the yeah, way the, you manage the, a grid. Yeah. It's, it's small nuclear that can be done and will be done. In ways that are independent of yeah. the central planning of the grid. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. brings us really, gentlemen, to why I was so interested to take up this <laughs> invite. Yeah. Even though I knew you guys didn't know who I was and what I did. And I still haven't described it here. <laughs> still haven't said what radiant energy group <laughs> does yeah. or is. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to say nuclear and DERS are the ultimate combo. Oh, for, this, for, is, this, this, is, this is this is where is what I we're go here eventually. for. Yeah. This is what we're here for. So, for example, yeah. does Operation Ice Worm mean anything to you no <laughs> no this sounds this so great sick. leader <clears throat> yeah. guys shit was crazy in the 60s okay <laughs> so in 1960 the army had an idea for networked tunnels hundreds and hundreds of miles of tunnels under the greenland ice cap 
for American nuclear missiles to hide under the ice to strike Russia in a what? nuclear war. And so as their test facility, they made a mobile nuclear reactor, shipped it to northern Greenland, encased it in ice tunnels, and dudes lived with this reactor. Two megawatt <laughs> electricity reactor with... And, and it's they, like an SMR. Per, and two megawatts dudes perfect size. Maybe a little too big, but good size. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 200 dudes lived in this experimental under ice base yeah with a reactor that was assembled in usa disassembled shipped to greenland operated under the ice cap and then sent back to america when they realized that of course this was completely insane and the issue was that the (laughs) the ice is very plastic and it creeped over time interesting so it was messing with their tunnels okay so you're i think the implication you're saying smr has been around for a while Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, I mean have, nuclear yeah. subs and shit. Well, look. Wait, yeah. so I I'm just saying this just to, to like before I forget because we're gonna move on to this. The, the what I was trying to get at is like when we're eating dinner, you say you're not a socialist, but you're also like not down with like building nuclear centrally. I just wanted to like unpack. Let it. me we can come let back me put to this. it later. But if you I, if I you talk want about to Greenland. put a political label on what I think about electricity, yeah, it's this socialist electricity enables extraordinary capitalism but you mess up the electricity yeah, 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 you're yeah. gonna get some real degraded terrible dysfunctional capitalism get it i i, I yeah, see no, your I, I see what's the saying. capitalism of nigeria land of 10 million 20 million 30 million generators filling the night air with their noise and fumes in fact the generator groups they don't want grid to expand too much you know yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saying if you build the, the good central grids, you can create a lot of like capitalist uses around. You create that. the richest possible garden for capitalism. The Tennessee Valley Authority, it didn't kill capitalism. It just made it to where whatever capitalism occurred yeah. in that area, yeah. that's super cheap power. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So I just I wanted to get that out no, there. That's okay. Let's let let's let's go on the on the dirt. Look, honestly, tra- yeah. I think some people can't decide whether investor-owned utilities vertically integrated utilities is that it's not really socialism but people say it's not really capitalism you know where you elect no this is why i don't like neoliberalism oversee a regulated monopoly how would you label that how do you i think a lot how do you label those big southern utilities is that capitalism is it crony capitalism like what would you call that i think well the big the southern utilities are investor owned. So Yeah, a bunch of pension funds. Unions with big pension funds. I would call that more direct crony capitalism and I would call like more than northern style like you have a publicly traded IOU or California as like more like neoliberal capitalism, which I I don't it's like these like like pseudo market structures in a way that's like very like there's a lot of regulatory capture and like it is. I think it's been interesting both. to see yeah. the left in New England start to turn discover and then turn against electricity markets. That's been fascinating to me in yeah. the last year. Yeah, yeah, that's very real. You know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Like if you're doing like if your government's like signing a trade deal with some country and you're like the power of free markets and you're like, yo, that's like U.S. gunships like enforcing this trade deal you know and that we're like making a conscious political decision to like structure this economy in a certain way Mm -hmm. and so it's not like 
but it like behind the guise of like free trade rules all, but it's like, okay, now these like big multinational corporations and banks are like the only ones who can actually like transact through these like yeah, complex yeah, border yeah, systems yeah, yeah. or whatever. Like you, there's like a version of that in like utility land, right? That's like, you have like the PSC and you have the IOU and you have like generation owners and they're like this like weird, like captured regulatory process. That's like not actually that. Yeah, totally. It's, in a way. it's you know the worst mean? except for every other way that's been tried. <laughs> well, I wouldn't even go that far. I would, I would be like that statement applies to like other areas. This is like actually worse than some things that have been. Tried. Yeah. I mean, I would prefer, you know what I'm I would say? prefer both, uh, primo nuclear france and ERCOT to the southeast correct but i yeah where would you where would like the closest thing we have to like hyper market sort of like wacky stuff yeah and just like grow and build centrally planned nuclear i prefer either of those is that an aesthetic statement or like you're getting your head around it or feeling that that's no, what no, it no. would feel no, like no, no, no. The, the surface area. Or are you saying that the performance to date has yeah, recommended yeah. one versus the other? Yeah, yeah, that, right? The surface area for malfeasance in the Southeast is like massively bigger than either of those two. But I think mm. what I'm trying to get at Malfeasance is- surface area has been extraordinary in France. They, they have the worst performing fleet in the world. Wait, but I thought you liked France a lot. Not the French. <laughs> no, just kidding. All the French out there, love you all. Kisses. But um, no, the French severely degraded their system. It's a, it's a scandal. Well, I, need, yeah, I, yeah. Over the last, I'm not, I'm not referring years. to their specific yeah. politi- politics. I just you're mean, describing the era when they could actually build like, it rather than yeah, really I'm, waste it. I'm saying that yeah, the the centrally planned power system that builds the same nuclear plant over and over again. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the like pretty hyper market system that while not perfect and not it's not, like the it's the market. closest attempt to it. Yeah is pretty good also wait but so what i'm curious in then is what how do you compare like northeast capacity markets plus iou's to the southeast that's a hard one yeah it is you know what i'm saying because it's like yeah yeah. it's actually like there's not like a lot of leeway to actually operate like there's almost like a sheen of markets in the northeast that it's like is it really though yeah i mean there's some it's like pretty bureaucratic i mean my my biggest problem with like the southeast right is basically that by virtue of the level of regulatory capture involved it like dooms the future to never exist right yeah yeah but in the northeast there's There's still there is an opportunity at at least in the northeast like you can get things like uh, you know, commercial and industrial DR. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, right. I buy, I buy. Duncan, that. objection. What do you think Vogel is? That's gonna last for a century and gonna operate at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen dollars so a megawatt hour. So you'd take the southeast. I take because they can do like shit all like of that. the southeast. I take right. what can produce Vogels because I happen to see that you is the only like the proven hot, yeah. future. There might be some other futures we haven't seen them yet. Yeah. And the closer people seem to get with the, like the markets or whatever, plus wind and solar, the future seems to recede back in front of us. Well, no, but I mean, New Texas Europe, has the yeah, biggest Texas booming is, economy it, yeah, in the United States. Yeah. Like, Texas is a direct, uh, and we can complain about Yuri and stuff and there's problems, right? Like, but I mean, power is still pretty cheap there. Yeah. Like, 
You know what drives me nuts in the nuclear conversation? This is as a physics person. Everyone always talks about energy return on energy invested and energy density. And I'm like, yo, we live in an economy. It's energy return on money invested or just like spent. Like even if you're in a centrally planned economy. I get both sides of this. And so the point being that like I obviously to your point, I fully agree. Like we have not seen like a high functioning renewable uh, paradigm. And the closest thing we have is Australia. And by the like gas is the backstop, like gas. You can't separate renewables and, and renewable gas. investment sure. is, is slowing down rapidly. I'm sure. Cause like they, they just, you build more wind and solar and like well, there, all the wind hours, and solar is already on. Yeah, exactly. like, there's solar. no, there's no more juice to squeeze there. Like a hundred percent. They've arbed away their own. Yeah. You're producing when everyone else is zero marginal cost to produce. Um, but like still I, solar and wind are like some of the cheapest electrons we've ever created just for, like however you want to frame that if that's centrally planned if that's like if Not i have amazing. a big bank of money and i'm a private company or i'm a state or i'm a utility i'm like i can get really cheap electrons from solar and wind like that but is, can you get that's cheap true. electricity service sure yeah, yeah. i get that I part get that. is what we don't know and there's engineering yeah, reasons to be suspicious yeah i agree with that okay 100%. so that's part of what makes i mean when you say cheap electrons that's like the problem you're I'm, using I'm, commodity language but the location of those electrons sure and of the course. time of those electrons We're down with end up uh, dominating the volumetric aspect which is what we're discovering thanks to wind and solar back yeah. cheap. And like I in our that. world, we are voices which are constantly reminding. 100%. One of my first tweets back when that. I had like yeah. a dozen Dude, followers this is or the, something. This is the problem I'm fascinated with, by the way, is like this is like what we're working on is like how do you like can you run a renewables grid like with like with a lot of renewables effectively? Like, oh, no, we've never done that before. And one of my like first tweets, cool thing which to try. was too obscure for then and maybe even for now. Yeah, it was like my third tweet or something. I had a few dozen followers and it was like wind and solar are now getting so cheap that even rich countries are going to see how unaffordable they are. Yeah. It's like a Zincon. It's maybe too clever. The point saying is once you build <laughs> enough, it's like, or maybe it's just not <laughs> once you build enough wind and solar, you see, that's not the same thing as a cheap electricity service. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I buy and that. the cheaper it is, the faster you can build it and even being rich isn't enough for you to be rich enough to build wind and solar to be the whole grid. Yeah. So of, of course, of which we could say the same thing about nuclear right now. Not, no, but I not think quite I think, the same. I mean, imagine building a Duncan, with cheaper storage in the U S no, no, like, no, no. With this... cheaper storage. Okay. So the natural gas storage system in the U S the pipeline system is an, and plus underground is an immense amount of energy storage Tremendous. we don't have an answer for. Yeah. But nuclear plus storage is always going to outcompete renewables plus storage. Well, battery storage. It's funny though because yes, or well, well here's or, the thing, or okay, whatever, so or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Almost Thermal all storage. pumped hydro storage yeah. around the okay, world was so built by, by and for nuclear for operators. Nuclear, yeah. To Duncan's point, though, like you could, I think a lot honestly about like the boom in nuclear in the sixties and 70s, 50s, 60s, and 70s in the U.S. was like a court, a sort of like function of like we had really strong like central or public institutions. We had a lot of money. And we just like decided to do it. But 
in a we lot of ways. We haven't yet been fully burdened by what you might call the regulatory state or the bureaucracy state. I don't know Even that when that's solar true. people are protesting I, I, I think sure. it's more a function of like how whatever, like, I don't know. We're not going to go down this road, but like how the structure of the economy changed in the seventies due to like the, like the structure of the dollar changing and how we started like offshoring, like sufficient cheap energy. But like most of the, like the cheap energy that propelled us was still like coal and hydro and eventually gas in the U S like nuclear was like still only reached 20% or so. And in the economies that you talk about where hydro is like five, six, where nuclear has like demonstrated a future. None of those countries have been particularly rich or dominant. There, there has France never. France is at the ha- uh, at a, has a seat at the UN Security Council. But there has never been a Garden of Eden economy that's nuclear powered. Well, here, here's what I'm going to say. The U.S. What? Just like, a second. I'm sorry. Like that's the U.S. Empire was not powered by nuclear. It wasn't. I understand. I'm saying if you want a garden and even economy, we're about to get that with countries that have nuclear. In contrast to neighbors. That okay, don't. I could say the same about renewables. Where? I'm just saying, like, no, you, you're making like you're forecasts. making a claim that does not exist yet. Oh, sorry. So I could be Mark Jacobson and be like, we're going to do it with 100% renewables. And you could say, no, we're going to do it with nuclear. It's like none of you have validated that so hypothesis. So one, one of the messed up things about what Germany's done in turning off its reactors is it's going to give us these examples. Sure. With what, I mean, I'm not down with turning reactors off. No, no, I didn't say you were. Yeah. I'm saying we're going to get, by comparison, strong economies compared to those that in the midst of high fossil fuel costs, turn off their cheapest generation. I think the only thing that could convince me is a power, the like a powerhouse, like more technologically advanced economy than any other else, like any other in the world that's nuclear powered. Like as the sole, the biggest input into that economy. All right. Because the Brits, the Brits was coal. The Americans was petroleum, and we don't know what's next. I think it's going to be electricity, but I'm not confident on what input it's going to be. I mean, it may just be we have a mediocre, mediocre blend of a bunch of stuff, <laughs> right? I think that's very <laughs> that's likely right. the yeah. solution. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's very, to me, it seems very obvious that it's going to be like a bunch of nuclear, a bunch of solar, a bunch of wind, a bunch of batteries, a bunch of transmission, a bunch of DERs, a bunch of geothermal, a bunch of demand response. Yeah. And like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, no, I, yeah. Which like, makes me want to get to the utopian visions you can start to think of when you cite some of the more extreme yes. nuclear dirt. Now let's talk about nuclear dirt. Okay. Now about this. A town in Siberia that's been powered by almost 40 years by a set of four 12 megawatt mini Chernobyls. That's pretty sick. That's awesome. Does yeah. this exist? Yeah. Yeah, nobody cares about this stuff because it didn't have the right name on it. And they're the, just like they they got a little eat in there. Yeah, twelve megawatt electric. Yeah, but also providing some district heat. That's Bilibino nuclear plant. They've shut down one of the four, and then I guess decided that there wasn't replacement power yet, so they're keeping the other three for now. Yeah, and these are mini Chernobyls, so graphite moderator, um, you know, no containment. Although they're so small, maybe they have something. But yeah, anyway, it's they, they just power the whole mining town with these mini That's reactors. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Here's another one, the obvious one. What's uh, long 
hard and filled with hardworking naval sailors? That's right, submarines. <laughs> we do not have a single non-nuclear naval submarine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And those are little microcosms for society. And, they, yeah. and they're sealed in with all the fuel they'll ever have. I mean, there's know, debate about whether you should design them for midlife refurbishment. Yeah. yeah. But they get the real spicy stuff, almost yeah, yeah, bomb yeah. grade Who is fuel. The... And then those last for 10, 15, 20 years. Unlimited range under the Who ocean. Who is someone? I thought it was a sick conspiracy theory. They were like, well, the, 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 like, the government, like, thought it was like a national security issue to like make the modern technology of SMRs that lives in nuclears like more widely available so they like shut it down. Oh wait, that's a reverse of the story <laughs> you know that we I'm hear saying? from a lot of yeah, the advanced nuclear you know people which said that submarine that. reactors aren't actually good. We only did it because it was good for war. That's like the Oh you hear yeah, the yeah, 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 the opposite. sort of the yeah, big yeah. nukes people say that, right? No, I think it's more that it just wouldn't be cost effective because those naval reactors are designed for extremes of performance yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily need outside of it, shall yeah. we say, war-intended yeah. microgrid. That, that so, for example, yeah. going from extremely high to extremely low power and back. Yeah. yeah you yeah. actually have to have a pretty There's a lot. special nuclear reactor yeah. to be able to, on demand, <laughs> go from the gas. having produced yeah. power and then turned down yeah. all the way back up. Those yeah. who have watched the Chernobyl TV show know that yeah. the after effects of a nuclear reactor turning down in power is a buildup of this delayed production of this, you know, sure, yeah. xenon, which captures some of the neutrons that you need for your reaction. So to burn off that xenon and go back to proper juice production, you got to have a ton of of oomph. You got to be able to do a lot of neutrons, picking up speed the really thing, quick. The thing yeah. I've always been curious about there is like because the 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 marginal cost of nuclear is so low, right? Like the 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 you know, the additional kilowatt hour is like virtually nothing, yeah. right? You mean to scale up a reactor? No, 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 no. In operation, right? Like ramping, you should just run at full output all the time, right? The French have so much nuclear that they do have seasonal seasonal changes in production. For yeah. sure. Well, what I, what, but in the, in, the, in the sub case, I've always been curious, like why ramp down the reactor rather than just blowing off the heat, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Like, just Seven just don't turn it into electricity, but just, like, send the heat out the window. Like, why are we ramping the reactor? In a way that's presumably silent? Well, uh, again, yeah, submarines yeah, have You could have, like, environmental I guess you know, I've thought about this at the power plant level. Heat the water up. Like, people there, always like, tell yeah. me at the power plant level, basically, there's no savings in ramping down, right? Unless you're just going to, like, bust the power system by putting too much energy into it. One Otherwise, of the many ways the French mismanage their nuclear plants is they do have a system in place for ramping down to, quote, save plutonium. And they'll yeah. even burn gas. Who, who cares plutonium. about saving that plutonium? Why not just, it's, like, it's extremely just, weird. just, like, blow off the steam? I think you, know? you have to do that through water. Just, you know? What? I, I've never really got, like, just, just let mean, the heat go to the atmosphere. The problem is to get the heat out fast enough, you're depressurizing your secondary loop, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, as opposed to a, a turbine, you know, reducing pressure in the loop, right? Like, you know, delta P is what, you know, gives us power production across the turbine. And you instead could just have a valve. Anyway, this is stupid. I've just always I mean, been curious. Why not just vent the fucking steam? Like, why do we go crazy about ramping? It seems like a easy issue to I mean, solve. Again, to vent the steam means to get rid of it in a way that, that you're talking about means a loss in, in the loop. 
pressure, which yeah, yeah. Is, a, is a pressurization, depressurization cycle, which is the type of thing that wears out your equipment faster. Which is what the... Well, you, anyway. You'd want anyway, to yeah. actually turn down power. I feel like some nuclear people port. probably yeah. thought of this. But yeah, I Maybe, probably, uh, but yeah. no, I've, because people talk about this now with like, uh, you know, why don't we just put like thermal storage on all of our nuclear plants? But here's another right? thing. You also schedule your refueling outages long in advance and you hit them at the same time, regardless if you haven't burned as much fuel because you've uh, turned down a bit. So you're saying just go straight through, but then depressurize the secondary loop. That's harder on the equipment. Is it then, yeah. then actually ramping down the reactor yes. itself okay because that's a fun fact that's interesting well look yeah. the lifetime of your equipment is partly a, a function of how many times it pressurizes and re unpressurizes yeah okay, okay so anyway can we go back yeah, to yeah, i'm so, outside of my so depth in here. bringing up uh siberia and durs nuclear like do you think that the it's funny when we talked to matt huber he was basically just like build a better like central planet like he was almost like the first person i've talked to in a while that was like long big nukes he was yeah, just, just like let's he's like the, no this works talk to any of the countries like, that have successfully deployed a big long nukes program they're very very bullish yeah so he's just like build Bilmer, a better like central like institution and that can do build this. big nukes yeah. simple but just it sounds like you're on board with that but you're also saying that like you think the path I don't know, I guess would a in the U S or just like a path or one that's like not even dependent on the political economy in which you're in is this like nuclear dirt both because extremely willful people and companies have a chance of pushing through their own private power supplies from small enough nuclear making valuable enough power. Does that make sense? Yeah. totally. So for example, yeah, yeah. I see, well, but several you, directions you happening you prefer military that over the big socialist, like just no, 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 no. The big you... ones are going to make the big power. The yeah. small ones are going to make the extremely precious and and important location sort of like power. niche power. Yeah. yeah. The army base power. Yeah, the rural Canada power. The, yeah, or like uh, submarine your diesel or the, plant the or your like yeah. uh, electrolyzer. Industrial cogeneration. Any... Yeah, yeah. Whatever okay. it is. So, I'm just saying like a big industrial load of any kind could also. You, you, had, a, you had a brilliant thread, Duncan, recently on um, the Hudson Yard. Sure, sure. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, that could be, that could be that a could 10 be a megawatt. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, 100%. waste heat from a nuclear unit or a nuclear heat reactor not even designed to make electricity sure. can provide both the heating and crucially the cooling you need in, 100%. say, America's climate. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So I... Th I think none of and us I think that's coming partly from the type of individuals who would want to build business empires or their own private world becoming excited about nuclear and yeah. wanting it for their own universe, for their own little kingdom. So are you into Bitcoin citadels? <laughs> I would say that I will always be grateful for Bitcoin for buying nuclear power in ways that may have legitimately saved several of America's reactors from closing when the super woke too good for nuclear big tech refused to buy PPAs from nuclear, which still blows. Why did yeah? What yeah. the fuck is? I don't understand that. They're just complete cowards who know that their <laughs> lies are good enough for the public and their ESG 
I teams, think I and that was good enough for everybody concerned. Yeah, I think I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, and it's even like pre ESG. It's just like Apple saying like powered oh, by Apple, Apple aren't no cowards. Ones. They're just utterly amoral. Let's leave Apple aside. It's Should Google. We talk about knew. the ad. Well, all all what? of them. Yeah, all Should of them. No, about the ad. All of them. <laughs> no, no, <before laughs> that. All of them. I think the point is just like, if we really boil down like why they say they're doing this, it's it's so they can have ads that say they're doing this, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 and yeah. the 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 sort of like the price signal doesn't care about anything to do with the power system, right? It's just like whatever the ad will work, right? Like, and so. But but yeah, it's it's really frustrating because you'd think nuclear would at least be part of the especially when of you can satisfy additionality yeah. by funding uprates at nuclear plants, right? So new types of steam generators that can get another ten percent, fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah, like key, or just plant right. lifetime extensions and stuff. Yeah, right, yeah, and 100%. Google was faced with nuclear plants that needed to close, and said no, even though their own research, their own teams at the time said. We need something exactly like what nuclear Clean provides. firm power. Yeah. That's pretty yep. cheap. Yeah. And they no, still sure. wouldn't do it. They I, still wouldn't do it. I mean, I don't know anything about the situation, but I believe it. Yeah. I, yeah. That's that's not surprising to me. I yeah. do. Look, there, I think a bunch of tech companies now that we don't need them to save nuclear reactors from closing are going to be okay with it. Yeah. They just weren't there the one time it actually mattered. Right. I, I, yeah, I, I believe that. We yeah. lost Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania. Oyster Creek in New Jersey, Pilgrim in Massachusetts, Dwayne Arnold in Iowa. Wow, I love we, you just got it off the top of the And dome. those are the ones that weren't specifically killed by political interference, like San Onofre yeah, in, in yeah, yeah, yeah. near San Diego yeah. and uh, uh, right gotta, here in New York, we gotta stop, yeah. Indian Point. We got to stop felling the sequoias, man. Trees. We got to stop felling the sequoias. Heck, they're built thick, two feet of bark to survive Anything that nature can throw at them, yeah. it's only man that killed him. The ones, the ones yeah, that weren't good. killed by nefarious political stuff. How far should we go to save them? What? How far should we go to let them keep producing at a thirty-five to forty dollars per megawatt hour cost for another few decades? Well, I guess why wasn't that done then? If they because weren't? people could get the power from the gray market, gray market power. Launder it with a few bucks of wrecks and co-locate near enough all those, you know, gas, coal, nuclear generating facilities that it just worked as a system. Public wasn't asking why. Congress didn't think it was their business. Unions didn't stand up for their plants or what they do when they did. They were either bought off or crushed. Wait, so what? what's gray market? But what? As in you just buy wholesale power. From the market, you don't worry about what power plants it comes from. Okay, it just comes in until it stops coming in. Okay, so this is kind of back to just like markets don't. Yeah, Yeah. no, like they built data centers near nuclear plants. They just wouldn't buy PPAs from them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nuclear plants were forming the grid, providing the raw megawatt hours, and were not getting compensated in any special way for what they were. Yeah. When gas was temporarily cheap. Yeah. But look look at a plant like Palisades. Some douche has built a natural gas plant of the same capacity across the street. What do you think that was about? That was about maybe taking losses and driving the nuclear plant out of business in this market construct we all admit is is crap. Hmm. I would, well, hmm. yeah, I... 
I feel I like we could get sucked really far into this. I want to stick on the more fun stuff if if you guys are down. Well, right. there's uh, yeah, there's a lot. I wouldn't I wouldn't say crap. I would say I don't. I have no like illusions about power what markets. They are. Yeah. What they are. Um, because you know you can argue all like. I'm not t- again. I'm not taking like a qualitative Look, judgment on this system or that one, but they were designed by people who literally would not have been able to explain to you what, say, reactive power was. Yeah, I still don't really understand that, even though I studied physics. But it's the foam on the beer, man. <laughs> it's the foam on the beer. Yeah. Or it's like it's the, not even that I don't understand it. I'm canal, not, I just like know, have yeah. never dug into it. Yeah. But okay, so. Wait, can we just talk about the future for a little bit? Yes, this is what, this yeah. is what okay, I want to get back to. This. So okay. when the we, rumors are flying, <laughs> I want to hear. You. I want to hear about. Tell this. you what the rumors this, are. Was this, is this the spicy? This is the tea. We were going to spill some tea on this. Companies like Microsoft are constrained in their growth by just raw power. They yeah. need long-term contracts to justify expensive stationary. Yep. Uh, no. I feel you. And, I know where this is going. Centers. You and Duncan are about to become best friends. <laughs> Keep so going. data centers, they're wanting to build big, expensive data centers that are stuck there. And as much as we want to call electricity a commodity, it is not. You need, you need <laughs> electricity service like, of yeah. a certain volume. Yeah. And you need it to come to that location. And it needs to be available essentially all the time. Yeah. Little nuclear reactors will be expensive, especially at first. But if they can replace the function... Of the diesel generator sets and the diesel. I know this. Yeah, for sure. While also replacing what's failing on the grid, which is building a bunch of new bulk, shall we call it, baseload-esque power generation profiles. Yeah. Then you can see a world where you layer up enough value. You daisy chain both the big data centers and their local little nuclear reactors together that you have a winning play between multiple data centers and multiple reactors. How I, don't long, even how need, I don't even know if it has to go that far. I think if, if you can sell a, a, a 15 megawatt reactor to a data center at say, and th- this maybe is far into the future. I don't, I don't really know, but like, let's say you can do it at 15 cents, which is, which is high, right? Um, Not that, that high compared to offshore wind in New England. Sure. Offshore. <laughs> Never like that stuff. Uh, and But if you amortize the cost of no longer needing all those diesel generators in maybe like N plus two configuration and not needing to pull in a super expensive grid connection, uh, which by the way has like a four-year timeline on it, right? And that's four years of like AI compute 90% margin shit you could be making with your data center that 15 cents becomes like nine eight for like 24 7 reliable power that you can get next year damn you've nuclear pilled me that's I like nuclear now, that's everybody. pretty <laughs> Duncan's made a compelling no no argument but, that, but that's actually exciting i'm convinced that's well, actually think- exciting but key to it is off-grid yeah, you can't off grid. That's ha- what makes it so work. So here's the because you need to bring in like a twenty million dollar grid connection that's going to take you four or five well, even years. Even more than that, and like endless look, that bitching. twenty million grid wait. connection is small compared to the size of some. Of these wait, data. Mark, what, what's, what, I'm what's half of power yeah. costs? The grid connections, the fucking wires. Yeah. 
I mean, more that's than probably half. more. That's probably more true. That's well, not. Probably, is it that's not typically half the cost of like a proper industrial. Yeah, not at the transmission, at the transmission level. level yeah. What is it? Because I was gonna, I was about to say it's like. I mean, it, it's hard to say. There's not great data on this, but like, it's not half. Yeah, it's it's is it like thirty percent or something like, like that. No, no, it's. I mean, it's probably whatever. Like 25%, the gr- building like yeah. wires cost a lot, so you build the nuclear next to your data so, center so, or whatever. Yeah, right? let, like this is where let's go even further, right? Like. 200 years in the future, right? We're a, we're a highly abundant energy society, right? We use, we're, we're, you know, we're desalinating water, we're creating hydrogen, we're fermenting shit like in our house to make fucking synthetic proteins, like whatever, I don't know, all this crazy stuff. Power needs to be like delivered one cent a kilowatt hour, right? Ultra cheap. The only path I can see to that is off-grid distributed hyper distributed yeah Yeah. no fucking wires none unless unless like long 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 game like isaac asimov shit you know that is the only future that actually makes sense the grid is really good i know you guys say off grid but i i get it believe me i make money off the grid right like like as does he and yeah, networking of things is it's really just important. The grid is the grid is very expensive, even if we make we, generation uh, we very, very underrate cheap. how exp- the fl- let's okay let's put it this way let's say everything on the Lazard list was zero dollars per megawatt hour solar wind nuclear geothermal batteries all of it zero dollars per megawatt hour the floor price price of electricity in America would still be six cents a kilowatt hour yeah because that's the fucking T and D cost. There's places where it's lower for industrial consumers. Yeah, yeah, some. But do you get, the, you get his point? But I'm I mean, just saying, like, like, overall, overall. I think like, this is the bull case on, like, nuclear terrors, though. Yeah. Like, right? Like, that's that's kind of what he's... At the point it's a different you, path you there than you. You want to talk political economies. At the point that you have civilian nuclear durs, you have, like, island countries that can just be their own world. Yeah. 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 You have... Yeah. You have Probably a lot of peace. Speaking also, of which, can I tell you about one of the most geopolitically interesting durs recently? That's, uh, well, the Russians took one of their, some of their icebreaker reactors and put them in a barge. Not to power the barge. They tow the barge. And the, and the reactors on the barge just crank out power. Well, I heard some interesting folks who heard from Rose Adam employees that they're complaining. Rose Adam was complaining that they were forced to make this thing. And that the numbers did not work out for Rose Adam. But then they took this nuclear barge across the north coast of Siberia. And it opened up an entire new gold field, like mining operation. Mm-hmm. And they provide the hot water and the electricity for this thing. May not work out for Rose Adam. But you know damn well it works out for Russia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. It, it, I mean, it fundamental. it just sits there and makes a little patch of ice-free coastline in its little bay cranks out electricity and heat all winter and summer and makes it possible to have a little outpost of profitable mining that wasn't yeah. there before. This yeah. is that like positive externalities thing. Yep. It's like Right, yeah. The yeah, the, yeah. the economist cool. never could have conceived of the economic development that would have happened there sans the power. It's kind of yeah. funny. Economists yeah. just had me in to record big long couple hours of interviews we'll see when it turns into a to a movie but i think they <laughs> their point was well um 
you know, we had one opinion about nuclear, and then there was the energy crisis, and now we see it differently. <laughs> yeah. Well, this well is like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's, wait, which, what's, of course, the energy crisis was in part by not having nuclear when the energy crisis before it hit rather than merely trying to build it afterwards. Well, yeah. what, what's the what's the funny joke about uh, econ- it's like uh, the you ask the economists, like if there's a twenty dollar bill laying on the ground, like who's going to pick it up first? And they say, like, well, you'd never see the twenty dollar bill because if it was there, it would have already been picked up. Right. Like it, they, it just you can't sort of conceive yeah. of the gold mine that would exist from the nuclear plant because like it's backwards you know, looking economics. Y- yeah. You yeah. sort of like it's it's too interconnected. Right. Um, but I think that's legit. But yeah, no, I. So sorry. Go ahead. Go, no, you go. No, I'm, I'm just what I am picking up is like you're. I do think that it sounds like the bullishness and optimism you have is less on like a political movement and more on like when you look at like what's happening to SMRs, like not even like the, the original like case I'd heard for SMRs is like, Oh, it can like exist in a market economy for this or that reason. Like in like, yeah. like It'll capacity collect markets capacity or, payments. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, cause yeah. it's not like a big billion dollar boondoggle or whatever, but you're almost saying like, fuck that. Like the market construct, like just Microsoft, like people who can't get power are just going to build this stuff. Like, is that like what you're most that's optimistic gonna, that's and bullish about? That's not going to be the just, bulk of the new energy that comes from nuclear. That will be the bulk number of just number of reactors. Yeah. I, look, no, your view is still like, I, we honestly, your view is still like, we'll figure out large how to nuclear yeah. executed competently still has few to no peers. But is it like, what's the path in the U.S.? I the path in the U.S. This. First, this is the way it looks. Okay, like. so Vogel three and four get done. They turn on and they have a year or two of excellent operation. The next one is that for the nuclear plants that were planned during the last nuclear renaissance but killed by cheap gas and bad performance of, of Vogel and summer projects, those get revived. There are nuclear plants That's planned in the U.S. Answer, sitting. Though. Wait, just a second. Sitting on licenses to build that they haven't let lapse. Yeah, but who, like, so the it's, reason, it's the big vertically integrated southern okay, utilities. When all that shit got built, we had very strong public institutions whether that was a vertically integrated utility or the government we had like 40 percent a, a number GDP, of these vertically max. integrated utilities are still strong duke but why aren't, dominion so you think southern even despite the the rough performance at vogel so you're basically saying in the southeast if regulations change they would just build a ton of nuclear we, if regulations change, it'd be more Not like either. if the at this point, the feds would probably need to step in and de-risk it for the utilities. But here's a big one. What does that mean? Well, just well, for example, like with I mean, cash, look, the, yeah, yeah. the feds, did, the feds yeah. did help a lot with Vogel and Vogel would have died if without for federal. Yeah, I'm almost certain. Yeah. But here's the thing. AP 1000s were started at Vogel without the supply chain in place. <laughs> yeah. And when yeah. it did get it put in place, it failed. And not even really a full design, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. are four different levels of designs. Like you yeah, can yeah. go from all the way from one where it's like, yeah, they have a 3D drawing that you could have made. It wasn't the permit set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Engineering I, class. Yeah. All the way to level four, which is the sectional, the detailed sectionals and stuff that go to the construction team. Like literally ready to. They do don't it. care about the whole 3D thing. They need no, the slice okay, that tells so them what I'm they're working going, on that day. I'm, okay, so the Fed stepped in with Vogel, but would they step in with like 200 of these reactors around the country? Like I just, I, 
My my whole like my two hundreds a little much. The whole thing why I was blackpilled on nuclear like originally it was just intuition. Now I can actually like articulate it. Is our public institutions are not strong enough to do this. Okay, well let right? me put it this way. Like yes, you look at France, you look at other countries, like they can do it. So I always ask nuclear people this, like what is the actual path? I asked Matt Hu- Huber and he was like, "Well, like sometimes like socialist movements happen in countries." And I was like, "That's not a fucking answer." And I love Matt. So here's <laughs> like yeah. big love to Matt, but I'm just like, what is like an actual path like we build vogel three and four it's, it's this. and then like the next one like magically happens with these old licenses like in the fed step it like that's not like that's not a real answer it would be this you designate a, a checklist of things that upon being completed gets you big help from the feds that in turn helps you get private capital a model being proposed in eastern europe that i've heard is quite nice it's that the government is the project investor and as you hit given milestones faster, if you know what you're doing and you have these yeah. strict requirements of how you start a project, having the designs ready, that sort of thing, having the right plant chosen, yeah. that as you de-risk the project by hitting certain milestone, investors with that level of risk appetite then step in to take over equity yeah. of the project at the different stages of completion. Can I offer you a different path? Please help solve nuclear i've been thinking about this for like the last 30 minutes it's very dark to me because i'm not i'm not like i'm not like uh is that a lot or a little by your standards 30 minutes of thought on something it it depends (laughs) depends on the subject uh like because i'm not like uh this is more like blade runner doomerism which i'm like not into 2049 or the original cyberpunk well, the I mean, the movie is fantastic. I just mean like the aesthetic of Blade Runner that continues on. So not the movie itself, like the bastardization of the aesthetic that okay. love like cyberpunk kind of like you're just saying this dystopian is, future. This is your doomery, which I'm not thing. associating necessarily with the first Blade Runner, but with like it's a similar like aesthetic. Um, so, uh, I actually think the entities that have giant cash reserves and can do whatever the fuck they want is not the government it is these gigantic corporations and you could think you of them corporations there's a more general i just got back from norway a few days yeah. ago you want to guess why i was in norway working on nuclear why they've got a pretty little two trillion dollar set of oh, money oh, divided yeah. among five million people i know yes well okay i mean in the u.s so let me caveat so it, i i i could see it as more likely as like microsoft or apple is just like we're just gonna put like 10 million dollars into like building nuclear for our data centers or whatever then i could see the federal government like stepping in and financing like a big build out or something well watch that direction i think you might be interested in what happens in the next Two years or so. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying though? So I you're like that that's already happening. Yeah. I could see. But it. look, yeah. the U.S. government is backing, say, Westinghouse AP1000 exports to Europe. Yeah. That's a great example of us being able to do it as long as it's outside. <laughs> as long as it's not here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think the biggest thing nuclear. And China's done. continuing to make 
their their edition of the AP one thousand in China. Yeah. Which was in question for some time. Yeah. I think they switched to totally indigenous designs. So that means that the AP one thousand is good enough in operation that it's continuing to be built by people familiar with it. And this has a chance of justifying whatever help is required to get that just over the edge, especially for existing projects like the ones that were there 10 years ago when the gas boom shelved them yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. It's, it's got to be 20 megawatts or less. That I really believe that. I think both 20 megawatts and less and one gigawatt and more are going to be their own worlds that are very interesting to watch. And to Yeah, I, I understand I that. just think that's where yeah. you see actual demand pull. Right, like we we're we're finally back in a state of load growth, right? Yeah. There's load growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, the first yeah. time in 20 years, yeah. right? And where this is very much a you you wanted Garden of Eden policy. You tell me load growth, like Germany is dropping three to five percent this year. Yeah. On load, not production. Yeah, that's production that's dro- problem. You're dropping yeah. twice that. Yeah. Yeah, but we're here. Load growth, right? We always talk about the U.S. By the way, this is We're the like, this is the biggest thing <laughs> I think for you guys are uh, provincial. You're uh, yeah, sure, yeah, parochial in your in your in your focus. I'm just long America, um, but do you, I thought he was gonna call you an, a calls nationalist or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I really just think that's it, right? Like we have, we're we're going actually to your point. I think load growth is going to make us think twice about electricity as a commodity and more as a service because you're going to have the way it was thought back when load was growing in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have people scrambling for power, right? And picking pennies up in front of the steamroller blackouts is much less enticing than, than, than simply building big power, knowing that the consumption will come. What's a, what's an analog? That's the part I don't agree with. Like I, I don't think we're going to just, build mountains of transmission and nuclear. I didn't say transmission. I meant no, the energy no, but supply like, itself. But, but we have to build the grid to suit all of that power as well. I just don't see us like building it in advance. That's, to James's point, I just see no <clears throat> institutional capacity for that. But I definitely see us building plants for big loads. Yeah. Because th- that's where the value creation is high enough. Avoiding how, how- the grid connection, avoiding the backup power, like avoiding the five, 10 year wait you are and like all the lobbyists you have to hire to make, go for the, like all that stuff. That's dollars per megawatt hour. What's well, right? like the time horizon. Um, are there any loads like say a data center that the expected value of it, its life is like greater than like 30 or 40 or 50 years? The expected value of the, of the, like of it's the expected lifetime of the load. Yeah. Oh, so like if I'm question. faced, know, if I'm AWS exactly. and I'm building a gigantic data center, I'm, I'm playing out this, I like, see what you're saying. could a corporation well, be the, like, we're actually going to start taking the hundred year view. Yeah. Well, I think you still connect to the grid eventually. Right. Like, I'm not saying you never do because I mean, once you can get it, yeah. Like there's going to be times when you have more power than you need. So, no, 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 but that, that's not the question is like how, like what's the lifetime of like a data center? I don't have a good answer. For you know what I mean? Like if you're yeah. building an industrial I, I would load. I imagine that has we've like, already seen at this point repowered data centers. Yeah. 
But if you build a data center, if like your AWS, are you taking like a 10 year view, a three year view, a 20 year view on that asset? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm playing out the like, okay, in the past, I, I do, I, I just find it like, remember when you used to be like nuclear is like incompatible with Bitcoin, like as yeah. like a philosophy. And I'm like, no, like Bitcoin's whole thing is by fiat. There's a constrained supply. So they're all like, it's like the landed aristocracy. It's like a central, like there's, they're like centralists, but just on the other end of the spectrum. And so they're also pro Bitcoin. And they're also like love, like the aesthetics of like building big cathedrals. It's like, it's like the let's build societies on like hundred year timelines. Like that's all like actually a cogent, like one philosophy on viewing societies. Yeah. So I'm basically saying is that like would a corporation like would, would apple actually, take like a 50-year view I don't on an so. asset they're building I, I don't think so yeah no because i imagine like the next aws data center like has a payback somewhere around seven years yeah right but we just are we argue about the debt ceiling every t two years like it's not gonna be our government is the point and yet you see how much the government is willing to spend so maybe it will be yeah they do spend a lot <laughs> I mean, and we did drop a bunch into Vogel. You know, we every yeah. time Vogel needed it, we showed up Look, with the Vogel checkbook. will pay itself back. It will, it will do its duty. Yeah. Which is more than you can say from either in some of the cheap wind and solar that's cheap and yet doesn't quite ever break even. Yeah. In costs. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Versus revenue. Okay, so there's a reason why we're finally seeing wind turbines get canceled. Like wind turbine farms get canceled. Yeah, it's new, offshore let's shit. Let's say discipline in addition to the fact that they have to meet higher hurdles to count as profitability these days. Yeah, it's because steel is more expensive and cost of capital is higher. I think it's a I think it's a, re, think like it's a restatement years. of the like Garden of Eden, like you build something and the, it's the service idea. Is there, I think one of my, um, is there an analogy of uh, like a service that's like power? That like looks like a commodity. Power is pretty unique. Electricity uh, is here to break metaphors. So no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. Are you derpilled? <laughs> <laughs> but this is our close. This is our clo this is our closer now, not our opener. <laughs> Look, one of the things that did disturb me about your fantastic thread, Duncan on <laughs> Hudson Yards, <laughs> is that you are citing. Reasons why they wanted to invest so much in that is distrust in the ability of the grid to provide. I think that very little good comes from that being the situation. From that being true. It's not yeah. ideal. I agree. Both from yeah. the perception of it leading to defections and the actual. And the economics of it. Yes. Yeah. Right. These are bad. This is not progress. And I think that it's in a direction that will get worse in a lot of places. And we're going to see terrible effects from messing up the grid. Yeah. California, South Africa, to some extent in Germany. They run the grid very well. They just run the energy program very poorly. I, I can agree and with so that. And so when you ask me, am I derpilled? I am derpilled in the sense that I think little bitty gated communities can make beautiful qualities of life and uniform aesthetics for themselves by excluding yeah. the world. 
I'm not even saying they shouldn't be able to. Just the Siberia example. I think that's I think that's kind of sick. I don't know. Nuclear I, makes I hear what you're saying. compelling to me. I'll put it that way. Yeah. yeah, well, I actually think both go together really well. Um, I think like big centralized bulk power and local flexibility go together really, really well. Um, but in addition to that, yeah, the point of like Hudson Yards basically should never have been necessary. And it's only necessary because we fucked up the grid is only like half true in my opinion, like that can be the case, but also it is like the natural progression of technology, I think, to go down this route, right? When the the means of power production become increasingly good relative to the cost of the wires, we are going to see more and more of this yeah, it's stuff. Like it's, it's not, and I think it's very true for nuclear as well. It's, it's right? the efficiency of co-location more than it yes. is like the distrust of the grid. But there's that as well. We Which fucked of up course the grid. was so damaged yeah. by losing any points. For sure. No, no, that's, yeah, but that's like for sure. The Hudson Yards is a gated community, to your point. Yeah. Like, it, it, okay, got it. So when you mean co-location, you don't mean that part on the grid. You mean literally the dirt that could let it island. Supply and demand are next to each other. It has huge benefits. Do you like solar? Like, what about someone putting solar on their roof and batteries? Assuming there isn't like I see that as start of an education that may lead to them understanding finally why nuclear is important. (laughs) (laughs) It's that hands-on learning that I love about getting a. That's a great backhanded, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, really, I've heard many people say that is their origin story. I got rooftop solar, and learning about it didn't make me hate the solar. Rooftop solar is sick. SMRs are sick. Nuclear's honestly, light water reactors are sick. Like being able to generate, you just buy this panel and for the next 25 years, you can generate power wherever you want. That's fucking sick. But not whenever. Oh, come on. It matters. The more, (laughs) of course it matters. (laughs) You can't like, there's no equivalent. It's like, it's still good to have. Okay. Okay. And you have a little battery, like you can carry around a little battery. So You're still describing like artisanal amounts of energy. Yeah, just like I'm like just a bloke. I fucking I go on a hiking trick. I strap a solar panel to my back. I'm holding a, a call it even a lead acid battery. But Let's how say can an LFP, you do that? How can your tribe even recognize it. you? Which tribe are you? That's what's most. I'm important. just a solo traveler. When you're trying to figure and out what's right, I go out energy. in the woods. I plot my panel down. I put my LFP battery next to it, and like I, I can do some shit. With I think it. it's. I, I can't identify lights. your tribe. It's best to just eliminate you, just to be sure. <laughs> I think it's very likely, okay, if we... Come on, that's sick. Let's say if if we started a new country and the power system was to be built from the ground up, entirely centrally planned with the absolute best people, we're not going to get a 100% nuclear system. Okay, fine. We can negotiate down from there. <laughs> but I like the starting point. And we're point certainly course. not going to get a 100% yeah. renewable system. Renewable meaning wind and solar, like neglecting hydro, yeah, geothermal. Um, and both camps will be uncomfortable with what the actual answer is. Yeah. Right? It's it's not going to suit either of their priors. Right? I just fuck with... Ge- and like, yeah. both camps suck. <laughs> like, they just can't yeah. handle the fact that like, you do the capacity expansion modeling, you do all the optimization, and what you realize... Is like there's a whole lot of fucking shit happening on the system 
that doesn't boil down to one thing is good. Especially like, because it's geographically determined. It's geographically like your an, your determined. Answering, it's determined on transmission. Your answer on load Texas, profiles. It's determined on like probabilistic modeling of whether it's outages or weather. There's so much going on. Yes. And I guarantee it's not 100% nuclear. It's not 80% nuclear. Correct. It's not 70% nuclear. Yes. Well, careful not you're, to go you're too an- far below historical levels that countries have reached. Well, I'm talking about the future, man. I'm talking I, about the future. I understand. Yeah. How about this? To Duncan's point, solar, wind, and natural gas grid in Texas will be like a cheaper cost to serve than nuclear in Texas, like a pure nuclear grid. But a pure nuclear grid in Alaska would beat what I just described because there isn't great solar, wind, and gas. Yeah. I mean, no chance. You Uh, know what I'm saying? Like, Like, it's just like different geographies have different resources available and you make different decisions as a result well but even in or a, you just like just build nuclear even everywhere. in a given geography though you this know what is, i mean this is what it gets down to or you you base load or you grow that shall we call and i know people hate the term base load demand by making sure you have like any of the production facilities for say energy intermediates like hydrogen energy storage like hydrogen or whatever you just raise the level of constant demand power so that peak and trough for society is relatively small and rides above all. Then you fill that up with lots and lots and lots and lots of nuclear, and then it's just the matter of peaking that you would do with storage. So, so I, you're just, I don't you're just, saying, any, let's you're just, just saying anywhere. Let's just plan the whole damn economy. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying what people should do with the electricity just to make it available for constant use if you're beautiful capitalist mind can make up a, a usage for it which has not been typically a problem in the past is like saudi arabia a capitalist economy i don't know but they're sure as heck are going to get nuclear they're regardless excited of how about much nuclear yeah. solar they have yeah they're excited about nuclear yeah no but i'm just saying the the the, the point was like when <laughs> you're describing like there's one central resource that's centrally controlled that powers everything. What do you Oil mean? Oil in Saudi Arabia, where all the wealth comes from? It may be centrally organized to get it built, but I'm I'm just refuting the claim that like the okay, you build this like you build nuclear and then like all this capitalism happens around it. Cause like look at any like society where there's like one dominant commodity or service in the middle of it, you have like a dictatorship. It's not like a capitalistic, you know, so what was so real about the new Mad Max a few years back, there was so little Uh, water. One dude controlled it all and he could waste it if he wanted. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. So like if you're, if you're, what you just described of like you're in Alaska, there's not much going on. You like build a bunch of nuclear. It's like who, who's building? You know what I'm saying? I I think I see what you're saying, but it would almost certainly be at that point special purpose nuclear for a U.S. military base or for a specific heavy user that needs some that yeah. quality of power yeah. over a long period of time. Yeah. Something yeah. is not. Yeah. Which is why I said when you asked me what the future was, I said watch data centers. What do you, uh, all right, maybe here's the way to wrap up this conversation. Um, Well, two points. One, I think we still, um, we're not going to get to it today, but what is the capacity value of wind and solar? (laughs) 
I want to, I, this is just one of those things. Yeah. Really wrap the it answers. Up. It's not zero. It's not zero. It really isn't zero. Wait, but are you that pessimistic? You think it's negative? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, th- this is just funny that people assume it must be zero. I don't, th- I don't think it's what crazy renewables people think either, but more so let's just, let's wrap it up on this. Uh, when, I don't know, whatever it is, the most optimistic, like 50 year scenario in the U S for our power system, what percent of it is nuclear? Uh, I think he's saying like 90%. Is that right? And when I say most optimistic, I don't mean like, you know, fairy tale, like, you know, something you could see happening. Like if the current extraordinary interest from the financial world of nuclear continues, the flood of talent coming into nuclear continues the correct identification of the people and the methods that were successful around the world and in the west previously if all that comes together what percentage do i see as coming in nuclear by what date again i don't know 50 years from now 2070 yeah something like that and you could go further if you want because maybe it's like build timelines yeah, and stuff yeah. like yeah. you know i'm just saying like what do we think what do you think could get done do I think that USA will get to France levels? A little bit hard to see that, but I think it'd get above 50%. Yeah, that'd be cool. But it is a different world than what we're seeing now. In some ways, I'm practically uh, tr- predicting some great traumatic change that would lead to that. Certainly, yeah. that's what France had with the not just one, but two oil shocks. There'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. energy crisis. There'd be like nationalization like of power. There'd be like some like, big thing. Yeah. Okay. No. But that's the thing that's so crazy about France in the end. As much as I complain about the way they've abused and misused their nuclear system, they called their shot and they made a 75% nuclear electricity system. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, it's I cool. with that. It's pretty cool. I fuck yeah. with that. I love it. Yeah. Was I, was I too hard on you in the pod? No. <laughs> I asked. <laughs> <laughs> but I still didn't explain what Radiant Energy Group does. Yeah, do you want to do that now? Wait, sure, who are not? you? I'm a small independent consultancy <laughs> that has a special advantage in being sort of on the ground, both me and my team, in many different countries around the world. So uh, because I've been involved in the nuclear, the global nuclear advocacy movement for so long, yeah, I know almost everybody. And people who, in a faraway country, found nuclear early, they're suddenly becoming extremely valued now that nuclear is becoming interesting in those countries. Yeah. So people I know who advocated for nuclear as volunteers or as interested citizens are either starting companies of their own or being elevated into high positions. Yeah. Because they were right early. That means I get a pretty good view of global nuclear while knowing who's involved in it. Yeah. And having a pretty good underpinning in, say, you know, the engineering and in electricity, yeah, which means that I can offer pretty good, pretty careful advice to companies and nonprofits and governments that want my services. Yeah, I don't really say what I do Dude, on Twitter even... that much because it's normally only the reports that I write without a client that right. I release yeah. publicly. Right. So, for example, I was hearing some pretty extraordinary stuff from inside the German nuclear plants through our network of German nuclear advocates of what the actual physical state of preservation was at the nuclear units. Yeah. We just summarized it in a report, put some staff time on making it extremely pretty, 
graphics with our branding and then we were able to release it without press releases or whatever kind of just to twitter because a very large number of journalists follow me and those who are interested in the topic could pick it up and read it yeah yeah yeah. and i think my our reputation as small as it is as young as radiant energy group is uh, you know it's been around long enough that people trust that if i say Here's what we hear about the status yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. German nuclear plants. Yeah. No, we're not going to name employees so they can get you're the sacked. Man, you're the man on the street. Sure. I'm the man on the street, but I, I I have a good idea of what I'm hearing. Dude, we didn't even get to talk about. I did want to come to that happy hour tonight just to hang with more nuclear people, but also like what like 2013 like nuclear Reddit was. Because some of that was there. We had genuine OG nuclear advocates Yeah. who were there. Yeah. And some nuclear advocates have aged into the modern moment extremely well. Yeah. As in they've changed with the times. They're on Twitter, not just closed Facebook groups or whatever. And they've taken the world as it lays and attempted to go one step beyond. Yeah. Rather than holding on to the world as it sounded like it was going in 2013. Or crying over spilt milk of reactors that have been shut down unfairly and dismembered. Yeah. So, for example, nuclear New York. What do you do if you're an advocacy community that loses your one big fight, saving Indian Point? What yeah. do you do? Yeah. You make the most of its destruction. You keep the memory alive of what went wrong. You wait for your chance to help pin responsibility on the people responsible. Yeah. And you prepare for a world that could add nuclear in the New York City region. Yeah. Right? And that's future-looking rather than just past-looking. And they were there at that event tonight, along with some yeah, of the great yeah, advisors yeah. of the nuclear world that have built and helped construct giant national nuclear programs, yeah. along with finance people newly interested in nuclear, along with uh, entrepreneurs who are wanting to build nuclear durs from the ground up. Yeah. All in one spot. That was the event tonight. It was extraordinary to see it in one place. That's really cool. I'm not sure there's been a gathering like that. That's really cool. Wow. And, yeah, and partly I'm bummed I missed it. Taking advantage of climate week. I had people that I've, I've known for years in say Europe in nuclear advocacy show up and say, Wait, Mark, I didn't know you were here. Yeah. Which was to me the most beautiful endorsement of it of it all. Because yeah. I helped organize the thing. Yeah. And the fact that it reached so far out that we had the world coming to that event tonight, Alumni Ventures. That was that was a sign to me that Something's the future happening. has finally arrived. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, the advanced nuclear world is only mature when it starts using the resources and hard-won learnings of the existing nuclear world. Yeah. And if the, if the existing nuclear world understands what's so intoxicating about the vision of the future from the, say, small nuclear, advanced nuclear world, yeah. then... I think we have a, a special mixture for the future. Because look, in the finance community, they are pack animals. There are some <laughs> leaders out there, but they see what's cool, and that ends up getting not just the, the money, but the talent yeah. needed. They move in the direction pointed by finance, and in this case, it's pointing now towards nuclear. Yeah. What do you think's needed to... Uh, we were supposed to end, but whatever. I know what it's like one o'clock. I have a question. Uh, <laughs> quick question. So I feel like we've gone from 2012 era, like niche topic to now thinkers are thinking about nuclear, right? Like 
people on Twitter who are smart are talking about nuclear. What gets us to like normal people think about nuclear? It's like real mainstream thing. Oliver Stone, who can be embraced by all sorts of strange parts of the political spectrum because of his attitude on Russia and his personal relationship with Putin, that can reach people who, you know, I'm seeing people with conspiracy theories that there's no such things as nuclear as nuclear weapons. Like, not only do these people have no <laughs> fear of nuclear, they think nuclear weapons fear itself was an op. That's kind of sick. And that <laughs> it's because the man wanted you to be too scared of to have nuclear energy power. for your That's prosperity. So funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that incredible? All of it. That so is, you say, I still oh, think of that as like, twi- no, I, I still think, think of that as Twitter thinker nuclear. people stuff. Like, I'm talking about just like no, I would. You almost... you ring up the just just type a number in your phone, call it, and as long as it's a residence, ask them if they like solar. They'll probably say yes. There's a good chance. Like, how do we get there with nuclear? I don't know, I, but I feel like nuclear occupies like a bigger public space than it's earned. I think, like, I don't mean this in a bad I way. I think but that's like, just in there's, thinkerverse. There's, like, look, there's no, a no, few but there's things. A, there's no, a few but there's an Oliver Stone docu- really There's an Oliver Stone documentary. When, like, we've still only built, like, one fucking plan over the last 20 years. You know, there's, like, this documentary of, like, you know, it's, like, nuclear is, ha- like, I feel like there's more of a mainstream narrative around We've nuclear built happening. that many. Others have built far more. Yeah. Despite no, 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 Russia's war that. in Ukraine, there's still Again, completing I'm, I'm, reactors I'm talking the about world. in the U.S. But do you know what I mean by, like, in U.S. discourse? Like, nuclear I, I has view- already dominated Capitol Hill. Republicans and Democrats work like champs together as long as it's nuclear on scarcely any yeah, other this topic. is true this is true on nuclear yeah. they're for it john Kerry gets up and he just waxes eloquently about how he's so for nuclear <laughs> no, this, yeah. is, this, this is, is new this yeah. is i think the most damning thing for nuclear that republicans <laughs> yeah. and democrats <laughs> like it because they're both yeah. idiots yeah um but yeah. Well, let me put it this <laughs> no. way nuclear yeah. is uniting no, I do people agree with you. like yeah. never before and no, no, it's, no, I, what's I, special about yeah, nuclear it's powerful enough to override differences rather than merely say mask them or or um, reveal the differences, as in yeah. people can be so different from each other that they would normally never agree, but they say, "Well, the other side can't be so bad if they're for nuclear like me." Yeah, that's the no, thing I, that I, I think I, gives cool. me hope I, I, about cool. nuclear movement. Yeah, forward, I get all that. Is that. that it's one of the f- only points of compromise where there are people who can shake hands and march. With, uh, say, people who absolutely don't think climate change yeah. is happening or are absolutely convinced that the entire thing is a hoax, regardless of whether it's happening or not, that it's a power grab. Those people can march along with the people so wrecked by climate doomerism they can barely get out of bed. Those people can go together for nuclear, and I've seen such combinations. In this my is, this has proven my I point. What's so interesting about that? The opposite is true in solar and wind, but that shit's actually happening. What do you mean? So we're building solar and wind and batteries. That's a very divisive issue. Nuclear is not getting built, and it's a unifying issue. Well, you mean again Again, in the the U.S.? In the U.S., in the U.S., but I think your point stands in the U.S., and so I view nuclear as like an underground movement that is justified. And I actually really empathize with like a lot of people are like, Oh, nuke bros. We didn't talk about the nuke bro label, but 
But I'm like, which I, it, by the it, way, radically embrace. <laughs> you the should. The bro that ever broed. I'll take that. You should, because the point is, is that when people like, are like nuclear is bad because of, and I'm like, let me tell you about all the fatal accidents you haven't heard of. That's how good nuclear is. <laughs> I, I want to go straight into Chernobyl. People are like, well, what about, and I'm like, Chernobyl? I love talking about Chernobyl. <laughs> you know what's cool about Chernobyl, boys? You know what's cool That's about Chernobyl? Kept operating for 14 years, meters away from the molten core. They kept operating as a electricity generating plant. I didn't even realize profit. that. That's pretty wild. And the only reason they shut it down is because some European countries gave Ukrainian government 200 million to sack the plant, and they turned around and they used that money to complete another, a replacement unit. That's wild. Oh yeah. I don't know. So that. if if that's the outcome of the worst nuclear accident in world history, they kept using the plant. For electricity production until bribes not to yeah nuclear's not so bad is it <laughs> no, no no okay so the <laughs> this is hilarious but also the the point is is that like uh like when people say nuke bro it's supposed to be a pejorative and you're inverting that which i i subverting it which i very much appreciate i think that's a nice move um like I think people should be nuke bros because nuclear is, is not, it's like you need to steel man the, the reason for its existence. Like you should be dogmatic about it because it's not happening. It, you it's, have it's to not, fight for its existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other like words, you, we need you know the faith based fighters to overcome yes, the yes. reasonable of cynics. Of course, like we're still in, we're realists. still in the underground freak religious dogmatic era of it mm-hmm. today I, I, I mean of course and it's crazy, had past eras crazy do you know, do you know you, what i'm saying yes but and I, so like at the a same lot of time it's crazy like, for you to say that why do you have China's to be ordering the plants for no, 2.5 billion yes again in the in the u.s and so the point is though is like people are like oh why do people have to be so like dogmatic or like militant on twitter or whatever and i'm just like i kind of get of I course get they it. have to be of course they yeah, yeah. yeah. um but again, what are the they going to do? Is, slow down and just make really good tweets? No, it's just easier to be dogmatic. <laughs> That's right. But again, for how much like like nuclear has been built in the U.S. and your comment that it unifies people, there is a lot. There's an enormous amount of solar and wind being built, and it feels in the mainstream discourse like more underground in a way. You know what I mean? It's like flipped around. You know what? I saw a fascinating mm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, I do know what you're saying, yeah. It's like John Kerry comes up and is like, we should build more nuclear. And everyone's like, yeah. And it's like, but it, it's, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's easier to say. I think the best thing about something. It doesn't cost anything. Are the dream. Wind and solar, yes, once they yes, actually get yes, built, they're yes. not spiritually satisfying. Yes, that's a, what it, a, that's exactly at the it. end of the ZERP environment. They may not be financially satisfying. Yeah. And but nuclear, maybe when we can build it, it'll become boring and we don't care about it anymore. <laughs> but at least <laughs> yes, for now, yeah. At least for now, yeah. The dream of it is beyond. It is the motivating. Force. And as somebody who's gone to yeah. a lot of working nuclear plants yeah. and some retired ones this year. The real things are damn compelling. Yeah. They really, really Yeah, are. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what it has going for it. It's powerful enough to be worthy of our imagination. Yes. 
you know those tweets that will like take a picture of um i don't know like some basilica or like cathedral and say why don't we build things like this anymore yeah like i feel like that's what nuclear we do that with we do that with brown's ferry exactly what i'm saying ferry plant by tva it had a very troubled first couple decades it's now producing four point uh like about like 3.9 gigawatts at about 15 dollars per megawatt hour per year yeah so about 30 terawatt hours per year divide you know divide it by the cost of production for this triple reactor building it's a single building with three 1300 megawatt units in it it's about 15 dollars a megawatt hour into the conceivable future what can do that what can do that nothing it's it's without parallel and the question what's so tantalizing about nuclear is so close you could almost touch it yet so far is that to get there you have to be better than who we are now and so it offers the opportunity for big dreams yeah and a conceivably self-improvement yeah and i i think it's hard to see that that's the answer to the question sources. i was asking because earlier. what's the what destination for offshore wind what's the destination it will always be weather-based right it will always be weather-based it will never not be and it will always last for just like a relatively short period of time now will there be repowering maybe but it's still quasi-theoretical for nuclear, we have enough life cycles. We have enough France to know that it is possible, that that world is physically possible. Yeah, I mean... And I'm... that it is up to us, and that is a feeling, an awesome feeling of agency. Yeah. I think the agency people get excited about. I mean, that's what I was curious about. Like, I, I think people get excited about the point you were making about, like, the better version of ourselves could create this. Um, the thing I've never found compelling is the like we once knew how to do this and our decrepit society has lost it yeah, yeah. that's not right. exactly a roll out of like, bed message yeah that yeah, that's yeah. that's 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 i think popular in like a certain sort of like intellectual niche but doesn't really well like, i mean when i talk it doesn't the, really get people to vote when you know? i talk to the general right. no, and I've it's met. also just like makes that person feel good it's about nothing else other than that yeah and it's like a satisfying thing to say because then you don't have to do anything yeah yeah it so i, I that's <laughs> why i'm always curious about there seems to be this in like you have all this new interest in nuclear recently that's sort of like technological but then you have a lot of interest in nuclear that's like this this other sort of thing which is like we fucked up the thing that works right and they're really opposed perspectives right the like the venture capitalists and like young technologists versus the like no we perfected power systems in the 1970s <laughs> and like what the fuck is a smart meter you know and like <laughs> those things are really opposed yeah, yeah, but they're yeah, within yeah. the same movement and, yeah. and that's okay like there's tensions in all movements yeah it's just interesting to me kind yeah, of yeah, like because yeah, yeah, i'm not yeah, sure yeah. which one is like yeah more or less important nuclear yeah. has room for multitudes it really truly does it is yeah. big it is powerful and it has room for many different perspectives from isodope to the purest bro of the nuclear bro world yeah there's room for pretty much everybody to find themselves and their meaning in nuclear which if i wanted to truly say why i'm optimistic 
It's that, that the natural constituency for nuclear is optimists. And they will find their way to nuclear. I would, I would say that like the average nuclear person is probably more like pro clean energy abundance than the average solar. Like there's a lot of, I could see that there's a lot of doomers in the renewables camp. Yeah. You know, and in nuclear, I actually don't feel like that's true. I don't know. Nuclear is, it's kind of like, nuclear's a fucking religion. Like it's interesting to me. Like, I, I don't know. And I think like doomerism is in its own way too, but mm-hmm. um, well, and there's certainly and I, the, I don't like, mean that optimistic technologists in in renewables as well. For sure, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't mean. I ju- I would just say if you take like a random sampling of a hundred nuclear advocates and a hundred renewables advocates, you'll have more doomers than renewables can. Yeah, you have more yeah. people influenced by seventies environmentalism. Yeah. That's basically what. Yeah, that yeah, is. it's like a yeah. natural filter yeah. because and, and like everyone way, who's yeah. pro nuclear is like yeah. by extent like yeah. definitely not those people. Yeah. The, yeah. the declining yeah. fear you mentioned is truly related to the declining influence and presence of people whose great big fear that all other fears are referenced against was nuclear bombs. Yeah, yeah. As we move further away from that, regardless of the quote unquote real risk from nuclear bombs which cannot really be measured. It's very difficult to quantify well, yeah, or talk about. Well, yeah, because they're a psyop. I, I took, I took Mark. I took, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the main thing, James, that they're a psy, I, psy I took I Mark Jacobson's power systems course, <laughs> and he includes Did you really? the CO2 Did emissions. Did you go to Stanford? No, I didn't, but I just took the course. And he includes... <laughs> you sought it out and took it. Yeah, because he had blocked me on Twitter, and I was just like, I'm going to take his course. Um, and he includes. No, Talib said that if you want somebody to see every single one of your tweets, you got to block them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Selectively blocked no, I, a very I, that, small number. That, that was a, that was that was that, nice. was that was just like a fun way of saying it. I took it before he blocked okay. me. Yeah. But he includes the CO2 emissions from nuclear war in his CO2 estimate for nuclear power. He cites somebody so who funny. takes advantage of It's the of that. wildest it's thing. Crazy. And here's the thing: that only adds and I took a that course through Stanford. Outlandish estimation. Yeah. And yet they still insist on it because they think it makes a point that nuclear is bad. Dude, Mark Jacobson utterly discrediting. Can I just say this for cred in the, the nuclear community that Mark J- Jacobson is whack as fuck, <laughs> out of his fucking <laughs> mind, <laughs> insane person. That- yeah, yeah, yeah. When when I heard that Rishi Sunak was going to be prime minister in Britain, the first thought was, oh shoot, he's a Stanford guy. <laughs> what I was really thinking about was Stanford's Jacobson. very interesting <laughs> yeah. approach to energy academia. <laughs> yeah. It's wild to me that Stanford still employs the guy. Okay, we should. Yeah, it's one fifteen. Yeah, it's time to close this um, out. Do you uh, do you want to shout out some uh, nuclear Twitter anons? Because I want to follow them. Big shouts to. Like, what's the best nuclear Twitter anon account? That's what we can end on. Because there are people who are deep inside energy trading apparatus and say France and know all the shenanigans yeah, that people yeah. have gone up to That's sick. to try to tear apart the French system. Yeah. There are there are people with encyclopedic knowledge of of like Soviet reactor systems and uh, Zaporizhia in Ukraine. There are people who are actively operating nuclear plants yeah. in the US. Who are those people? Um a lot of times they have anonymous Twitter names, and I only know their real name, not their Twitter. And not uh, I would have to. Or you like recognize the photo? All right, like we'll send it to us yeah. later. Yeah. Okay. 
I'll who, do that. Who well, or what should DER's people read or look into? Yeah, our community isn't that like could, normal. I mean, I think they're pretty. Yeah, but wait, most like, of them are like, yeah, nuclear well, school. But you're yeah. very welcome to follow me at Energy Bands. That's <laughs> Energy B A N T S. Yeah. And um, since I'm a huge fan of podcasts, you can listen to my podcast mostly with um, <laughs> on Decouple Media with Dr. Chris Kiefer. I yeah. do a series of energy explainers, you know, for his audience of mostly nuclear yeah. lovers, but also people interested in energy yeah. in general, where I explain like the origin, uses, and future role of coal. For people who think nuclear should dominate, that's an interesting conversation, and my my stuff can be found there. Um, Radiant Energy Group occasionally does release reports for the public. Uh, you know, we call it our public interest reporting, like the eight nuclear reactors that could still be restarted within a few years in Germany. Yeah, that can be found at www.radiantenergygroup.com. Yeah, and we'll be again updating that site as we do do uh, reports that. We just think are important enough yeah. that it should go to the public. Nice. I think we cool. I think we broke our record. We might have <laughs> coming up on the Julian Spector record. All this right. was fun, dude. Thanks for hanging. Yeah, thanks for getting into it. Yeah, we got it, into it. It's fun to we agree went, and we disagree went, and all we went that the stuff. Fucking as yeah. always. It should only be right that the nuclear energy. Uh, dirt podcast takes longer than any of the other ones to get through, right? <laughs> it's the That's right. yeah, it's sort of the niche within the niche, yeah. Because nuclear lasts longer. <laughs> That's right. Eighty nu- years, right? Nuclear uh, dirt, a hundred year nuclear dirt. Bitcoin said well, we, did, we didn't talk about radioisotope. Uh, Dude, you, know, you can't generators. start another. They don't topic really have right moving now. parts, so they're not as interesting. They just sit no. there and sparkle. So fucking cool. It is cool. It is cool. But yeah. what I'd say is uh, Matt Lozak of uh, one of the new reactor startups, Allo Atomics, he put it this way: Nuclear is the marshmallow test for societies. Can they have the patience to put away the capital and assign the resources to nuclear to get? decades and decades of power out on the other end yeah some societies will be able to and some won't yeah and i think that the more exciting that nuclear is for the broader swath of people the more talent is going to come in that delivers that successful marshmallow test hmm. oh and i i gotta ask you one final question i'm so Dude, sorry come on the final one why isn't elon musk interested in nuclear he is he just hasn't made a business in it but like interested in it as as like something society. Should I feel like, like he should have started. He's interested in it and in that he tweets about it. I feel he's he interested like... in it that he waited on specific waited in on specific campaigns like save Diablo Canyon and save German nuclear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he That's should he should do like he but, should like back an SMR co instead of like boring company. You know, yeah. or just like, troll do you really everybody need to like... back Westinghouse. Yeah, there you the go. I don't think he would ever do that. Yeah. I think SpaceX is a great example of the type of company that could be good at building SMRs. Yeah, you that's know? true. They deliver the rockets, big old rockets. Yeah. That like, might have the you know the sort complexity of like, and difficulty of a certain, I'm sure there's a crossover point of a certain size of nuclear reactor. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I'm out. Yeah, we're done. All right. Done. Thank you, Mark. This was fun. You bet. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. All righty. Cheers. See ya.